Hello and welcome to Guernsey Gig's fourth edition with host Graham Jordan and Elliot Maris, myself Gregory Harrison, and our special guest today, John Bisson, the director of St. James, the new director of St. James. Mm. And you would have seen him also who runs Sound Guernsey. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome. I hasten to add my wife runs it too as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. See, uh, that was Why almost proper and I still managed to fuck it up. <laughs> well, you don't know that. I mean, if you'd have advertised that fact, maybe, maybe, oh. we, should, maybe we should have got Annie here as well. Uh, or that, instead of you. That, yes. <laughs> Probably get more sense. <laughs> Bring the family. Bring the family. So, John, for those that don't know you, how would you describe your role in the life of the local music scene? Uh, well, that's, that's, that's really a, rehearsed. That's, that's a, a really hard question. This is getting really like a podcast. I'm put that being comfortable here. Yeah, you can put the piece of paper away with all the questions on. <laughs> it's a phone. <laughs> put some clothes on. Come on. I thought that question at six o'clock this morning. Uh, as, again, now, put some clothes on. <laughs> so I'm lying in bed without any clothes on, and I'm thinking of oh, questions. <laughs> Gordon, for those that don't know you, then what's uh, what's your role with the music scene? I don't know, antagonist. We started sound to have a bit of fun. Oh yeah, and that's been a bit of love. Yeah, getting the kids to not stand at the back and jump around, which they've done brilliantly, which is quite a lot. And then doing some bits with Chaos and Vale Earth Fair, and then doing our own little festivals as well. Mm. Sort of got out of control quite quickly. <laughs> so how did that start then? Sound, because of those that don't know that that might be listening, sound is eleven to seventeen year olds. Yeah, and but we're we're kind of soft on the eleven. We got a few eight nine year olds come along as well. Okay, and it was just um, Annie and I had long been involved with festivals in the UK before we returned to Ireland eleven years ago, mm. and we'd always drag Maisie along when she was a little baby, and all our friends took their kids to all the festivals when we got here. Um, we found it quite difficult to get them out mm. and in front of some live music other than the sort of north and west shows or and all, and then so we went to see yeah it was uh, the one at Summerhill Park North Show oh yeah um, and it was the day they had Buffalo House and, and the Rex playing okay and I could actually see uh, one of my children <laughs> go yeah. from being sort of the standing back not engaging fully with live Don't music. Care. What is this? Yeah. To being standing music. at the front of the stage, jumping up and down <laughs> like a loony. Yeah, and at that moment, one. it was sort of like, right, we've got to do something about this. And mm. Mike Menke was, it, you know, it was just as Buffalo Holderson was zooming upwards mm. and asked him if he'd come and do us a, a gig. And he said, sure. And Wow, so that sounds like it was a bit of a light bulb moment. So at that time, standing in the North Show, uh, watching... It was kind of, of the walking home after a few Rockettes moment <laughs> <laughs> and committing to your child that you might think about it, which is then taken as a solemn blood oath and you have to do it. <laughs> was the moment. And the so wake up in the morning saying... So sort of say, I really enjoyed that and I wish... That oh, we we, it was clearly that. really got it. Okay. Finally got it. Wow. I mean, two things happened. One, I committed to do that and the other, she... Giveaway, which one is now? Pick the bass guitar up. My bass guitar up. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, she gets it. And then that was it. That was so. So, how old was she then? Off. About three years younger than she is now. Um, about, what, 13? Yeah. Okay. 13. Right. And so uh, that was cracking. And, and then the smaller one absolutely loves it we've been over Jersey Live to see the Stranglers and oh, wow. and various wherever we can go she's the one on the shoulders doesn't care if she's getting splashed we took her over to Root the Rock 
oh, and nice. jumped around to the fold. Oh, God, I want to so go. <laughs> we're, we're all going, right? Yeah, you're all going. <laughs> we'll do a podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. nah, so true. I mean, if you wanted to expose young people to decent music, yeah. they're really good, aren't they, putting mm. their lineups together? Yeah, yeah. And it's so chill. That whole business on mm. the beach in the day and then going up in the evening mm. works great. But yeah, that, that, that was it. And we did one, and that was fun. Brilliant. So we did another one, and then it turned into monthly. And I've done a lot now. We're nearly three years old now. So your first venue doing it was up at the Fermain... Yeah, the Valley Hotel. I was, Valley I, Hotel, that's it, yeah. I got this thing around that, uh, that kids have an aversion to sort of authority and the whole community centre thing. So it was very much about, okay, if I'm going to charge them to come in, then you've got to make it special. And I, in my mm. experience... And we'd work with, with young people in the UK a lot, various different projects. And so it was like, give them a reason to raise a game. And so it's pretty posh in there. And I did, every time they had an event in there, I was just sort of cacking it that someone's going to break something expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly I had to worry about the bands. <laughs> so we had this weird scenario, the, the, this, this very posh venue. And we used to buy about 100 quid's worth of sweets and stick them out on all the tables free of charge for them in the week. The most chemical, nasty, horrible sweets. Just keep them awake, you know. Yeah, kids, yeah. kids need to graze. So we, we were trying to get them moving. You were doing that reverse parenting thing where like most parents now would get, look at the list of ingredients and if it's a short list, then it's good. Yeah. But you were going for long lists, lots of eating. Yeah, that's sort of, that's of colouring. Sort of, that sort of niche um, a bit of confectionery that comes from a strange country that you've never heard of before. Uh, there's, there's one particular one called Mr. Peanut <laughs> that you can only get from Cattail Service Station and, uh, and also because anyone in their right mind wouldn't buy it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was weird. We're on the side of the young people. We're on the side of the kids. That's the bottom line is we're not there to tell the adults it's going to be okay. We're there to make a lot of noise and for them to explore who they are and be who they are. So we don't have the adults in the room. Up there, we had a kitchen that smelled horrendous. And we all used to go in there and I'd lay on a few crates of, so I'd be buying sweets and beer and the beer would go in the kitchen for the bands and they'd embrace that or not embrace it as they felt. Mm -hmm. And then the kids would just get sugared up and dance around and, well, not at first, but it was brilliant because a sober audience demanding Just lines of sugar on the <laughs> table. <laughs> You're a bad man. I have no idea what <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we, I could have 80 kids who'd work their way through 200 chopper chops in oh, two oh. hours, <laughs> mixed with copious amounts of co full full leaded Coca Cola. Right. It was great. It was an experiment, really. It, you know, it's it fun. So the sound has changed a bit now. So it's moved venue. But but for those people that might be listening, that they. They may have kids, or they, they they've got kids that are getting to that sort of age. What would you want to say to those parents about it's okay for the kids to go? What what would the kids be? Well, I think to? I think you only got to look at the kids in the room. You know, they're dressing how they want to dress as extrovert or introvert as they want to get. We've got kids from all the different schools. We've got kids from all different walks of life, and it doesn't matter. They are demanding of the bands, if anything. They require entertainment, and it's been a surprise. Some bands haven't taken, and some bands do. We don't have any cover bands come, uh, with the exception of Sons of the Desert, just because they're bonkers and lots of fun. Um, so it's all original music, That's cool. and we don't give sweets away anymore. But we do let them buy Red Bull. <laughs> wow, just onto that so, stuff, right? So they can't buy it in the supermarket, but they can buy it. So. We're... You, you have to go go with it. In in three years, and I'm going to touch a lot of wood right now, we've never used a breathalyzer, we've never bag-checked anyone, we've never had a problem. We've got great security, um, which doesn't even come in the room. 
the security stays outside or stays Sorry. by the door. We don't want, they don't wear vis vests. We generally like to have ladies as security, not men. Yeah. But we, to date, we don't really have, we never had to do anything. And, and, that, and that's what's brilliant, is that they found their feet. And it's a matriarchal society. Be scared, it's, the core group is all <laughs> girls and they're, and they're very shouty and they have a lot of fun. <laughs> so. I think we know that girls are scary, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's why we don't let them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and they really want to come on the podcast. <laughs> but to mention, we've got to make one mention that John's daughter is in... The, the best band ever. The band uh, that you're wearing a t-shirt for today. <laughs> oh my God, you're wearing a t-shirt, that's fantastic. It, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention Track Not Found by now. It seems yeah, to be yeah, a continuous. Thank you, tick that one off early. <laughs> that's done. I was, I was on orders not to be the one. <laughs> I was surprised it didn't come up in the intro, Greg. I, I was going to say it in the intro, but then I forgot what I was going to say. I should have written it down. I tried to be prepared and it can just we, didn't can work. Can we let someone else get in charge of this intro? <laughs> no, God, no, I love him doing it. Great. That's good. The sheer adventure of it. Yeah. So I was surprised at the last sound gig that I went up to. Um, and I wasn't played. just staying out there to hang out with the kids. But <laughs> Ozzy Chris was there. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if he was there as security. because Yeah, he's given Lorna as security. Yeah, which was fantastic to see. Because mm. in some ways it gave it a stamp of, oh, this is something real. This is something, yeah. this is a real music venue sort of thing. It is. And we've, got, we've, we've you, got proper representation. Mm. We use Green Man. And they're, they're brilliant. You know, I, I, they're not standing there in a bomber jacket. They're not standing there, you know eyes up for trouble they know Absolutely. lots of the kids they know yeah. what they're doing it's very gentle the way they police it yeah. and Lorna or Ozzy or, or Jay and, and Donna who come up there and do our security brilliant. I've got to say kudos to Green Man they've sponsored us this year in the, to the our, we are their chosen charity and instead oh, of taking really cool. the, the money what we've done is we've asked them just to supply security instead to the to the value which means they've retained the cash to give to another charity okay. and that they're supporting us which is, which is brilliant and we work with them with, with the Battle of the Bands. Well, when I say Battle, it's not really a Battle of the Bands, but the Sunday afternoon at Chaos, the kids get a chance to play the main stage up there, yeah. which they enjoy. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool to get them on, the, on a big it's stage. It's such a good experience to learn and be up there and go through it. We talked about this before. It's that whole... The bands that are going up, the young bands as well, they get to do a sound check. Oh, yeah. I mean, they get to learn how to play on stage. To we train them. You know, this part of the mentoring mm. that we do with the young bands is what's expected of them, what they need to bring. You know, don't turn up with no leads. Got to be there on time. <laughs> God, it's like so going to be a generation of actual real musicians <laughs> for one. <laughs> I have to talk to sound men, you know, how to there say... There are so many, you know, like, fully grown bands that don't know how to tell them <laughs> yeah. guitar or leads. Well, or, I don't <laughs> think there's any... There's any, any it's not right to, 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 to sort of, I don't know, to cosset these bands that are coming through. They need to know it's a reality. They also yeah. need to know that they need to be good enough to get on those stages. Mm. We don't, there are bands we don't put up. There's bands that, that, that need more practice. There was one particular band who did a couple of gigs for us and they were great, but they hadn't doing, weren't practicing and they got held off for seven or eight months while they went up. They've now sort of done more and they're back on the roster again sort of thing. Mm. But I mean, that, that, when Ozzy was there, he spotted two bands and immediately booked them for Next year. Chaos Main Stage. Awesome. Not the Battle of the Bands, the actual yeah, yeah, playing yeah, it this yeah. year. Yeah, so, that's brilliant. Yeah, so that's brilliant to have someone, a booker on site as it were. Mm. So, yeah, that's good. Something's happening. Sorry, that was, that, as you can tell, we are, we're back in my house um, doing the podcast again. And that was my bomb dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> now you're being monitored. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a dishwasher. Full disclosure. It's just a dishwasher. Hear the black hawk covering over So you so mentioned sound, but is that the only, is that your only involvement with the Guernsey local scene? 
Well, we do sound spun off into this festival relationship. So like with Chaos and then the Vale Earth Collective have very generously opened their doors on a Saturday for us. And oh, so that now was the first okay, one last we did last year, year we did yeah. some, their main stage ah. and put a bunch of young bands on and then a couple of sound favourites at the end. Mm. And, and we're doing that again this year. So we've got a good relationship with those guys. So what we're trying to do is spread into the all age events a bit. So the Vale Earth Fair happens over two days now. Yep. Thanks to sound. It's yeah, I don't know about thanks to us, but it's all <laughs> sound on the Saturday <laughs> and then the Vale Earth Fair Festival on the Sunday. It was the first time last year, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was nice trial seeing it and, and opening it up. So this is still the Sunday as yeah. the usual Vale Earth Fair, yeah. but it just gives you that extra extra day to, to all the gears there you deploy stuff. so much infrastructure for one yeah. day you might as well have a few hours. I mean it's only it's only sort of three till ten and it and, mm. and, and it's okay quite gently gently but it gives yeah again those young bands get a main stage I mean yeah. main Vale Earth Fest stage yeah. with a big rig and, and all the toys that go with it I mean last year was I, I mean I think last year was really fun there were some good performances and then it was awesome to see Static Alice on that stage I mean yeah. if, if any band deserves to be on a big stage it's yeah. those guys yeah. they killed it they absolutely sure. amazing band yeah, we had to. I had to miss part of that because there was the warm up at the Delarue. Yeah. yeah, the Delarue conference. But it was nice in the beginning of the evening whilst we're still rushing to set up the Earth Fair as per. And there's music on in the background and still bands playing. So whilst <laughs> we're still finishing off around the outside, there's something happening. And, nice. and it sort of brings, it was nice to see people coming up on the Saturday and seeing them around the castle and hanging out and stuff. Because often, we set up all week and, and it's the same sort of volunteers and things that come in and out. But it was nice just to have other people come up and see mm. what people are doing and, and hopefully it will open them up to sort of think that they want to volunteer as well and help out and stuff. So how were the crowds then? The crowds were nice. Yeah, yeah it was really yeah, good. good. I size. think the more it gets done as well, more people hear about it. And okay. as you say, with the sound thing as well, there seems to be a, a I think we had a few continuous... Had, do people pay to go in on the Saturday? Yeah. 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 I think was, uh, we had, a, I mean, we had, to, I don't know, 150, 100, 300 people. I think from what I understand, it, almost, it almost washes yeah. The problem is a big old space, and so yeah. you, can, you can have people yeah. in there, and they disappear out yeah. into you've the gotta, You've got to get a lot of people in you've there got to a lot of people. Full. That's yeah. it, so in that respect. but There's a lot of people hiding in quarters yeah. doing some sherbet fountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some dib-dabs. Some dib-dabs. <laughs> <laughs> That's mostly Sunday. <laughs> Your honour. Uh, they, uh, yeah, no, that was good. And then we decided to do our own festival this year in St. James mm-hmm. for that two days, which is going to be fun. St. James, amazing venue, and a yeah. venue that's not a, a lot of people that know Guernsey music scene might not think of St. James as a sort of a local music venue per se for like rock bands mm. or, or funk bands or pop mm. bands it's, or it's, younger bands. It, it's it's been it's been well known for classical concerts and choral mm. stuff and things like that, and and rightly so, and that's good. Mm. So what's the crack with St. James then? The crack was the there's a very forward thinking so St James is a charity run by a council and then they have their staff that that put stuff on and um it's their 200th anniversary and so they'd approached various different people and they approached me and offered me the venue and I came up with an idea for them for me to to run for sound to run as an all age event and you're quite right I mean it's just not of the 22 acts that we've got on the main stage which represent to me the core of Guernsey music these are all 22 bands yet again apart from Sons of the Desert right they're all their own material and only one of them had played St James before mm. uh, that's fundamentally wrong that's, there's something very wrong this is a resource for the states of Guernsey this is mm. the people of Guernsey 
pay for this resource along with charitable donations and the grant. So mm. it's um, but that that sort of audience seems to be quite like just from the the gigs that I've attended up there, quite sort of the older generation that go up there and. There is a group of people that sort of yeah. like orchestral bands and stuff like that. And that's and nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, 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 needs to be suits and ties and things like that. Yeah, does that mean everyone needs to get dressed in a suit and tie? It's nice to see you dressed in a suit and tie. You tell me black tie on a Sunday. Black tie. I feel a tad embarrassed that you're all sitting there naked, to be honest. When did you get the dress code? I didn't get the memo. I'm going to stop crossing my legs again. Crushing things. Oh, me a picture of that. <laughs> no, I think it's um, what's great is they realise that it's it's for everybody. Yeah, and they've so it started off with them saying, "Give me the go ahead to organise this madness," which will be <laughs> it's it proper like the touch paper madness time what, because what madness? Then? Well, the the festival where we've got starting at midday, running till eleven o'clock at night, eleven hours main stage, eleven bands in eleven hours, funneling through there. Um, you've got Mark. You've got Flexigan. Stretchy things or uh, uh, going in <laughs> stretchy stuff. Stretchy things, yeah. And he's he's going into the dory room, the bar there, and he's going to convert it into the peace tent. Wow. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's going to be cool. And uh, and then upstairs we've got Colin Leach uh, of uh, the Risk yeah. and Sons. He's doing an acoustic program, an acoustic sort of scenario going on up in those two rooms upstairs. Cool. And that'll be alongside the fantastic guys from Bow. The really good Thai place that I highly recommend to anybody up in the top of Mill Street that mm. does proper delicious bat Thai oh, food. Tried them, yeah. And um, and they're going to come take the kitchens open. Take oh, the wow, kitchens nice. open. So upstairs there'll be like proper meals like pad thais, curries, and all of that. But they, because it's quite small, we've got a sort of schedule how you get in there. So you'll be given one hour time slots where we can accommodate you. Um, nice. Otherwise, it will get too busy. But downstairs in the bar, there will be. The glory for the beer boys, which will be satay sticks and spring rolls and all sorts of stuff going that you can just grab anytime you fancy it. Nice. So, um, so yeah, it should be a bit of a laugh. That sounds yeah. good. And, and when's that? Twenty uh, seventh, twenty eighth of October. Fantastic. And it's gonna get fun. We've even got the risk reforming for it. Yo! Oh, wow. <laughs> now they are the That's last cool. band who. I mean, the Kings recently played. Kings recently played it because we helped them get a support slot for um, Rebecca Ferguson that came over. But actually, the last band who played. Uh, St James was the risk and they played it before the whole back bit was rebuilt mm-hmm. and that was just before they winged off to oh, really? uh, California back in the <laughs> yeah. days of when mod was current <laughs> wow. I seem to remember Mark Legale telling me this once during there was a few crazy gigs he said in St James and for some reason them being banned after one of his gigs for Goffo, some, possibly might be something like that yeah that and that he wondered one. whether they would accept him because we played with uh, the John Wesley Stone for an event in there when we were doing that and it was uh, exciting to say the least. <laughs> Do you know what happened at, at this led? No, I just, it was just see, yes, Mark, he'll sort of give off a few bits and then he'll sort of leave you in limbo. We'll, to we'll have to get him on the podcast to reveal all. To reveal everything, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, Mark, if you're out there. The, there's definitely stuff there. So that'll be fun. Mm. That'll be, be a laugh. Hey, yeah. We'll do have a bit of a giggle with that. That sounds good. And then I accidentally got appointed executive director of St. James. <laughs> I'm very flattered that that happened. Oh, so. well, that's great. Because <laughs> the lady's been there for 28 years and the new council, I, I can't credit them enough, really, really forward-looking, positive bunch, realise that they've got to open the doors a bit more. We've managed, we're going to manage to accommodate. Everybody's already there. They still, all the classical contents, the choirs, the choral groups, all get their dates, all get their stuff. 
But alongside that, 2019 will see 26, a minimum of 26 of our own promotion, right. which will range from comedy to contemporary music. But contemporary music will bring an act in from the UK and then put local undercard. It'll be an opportunity for That's all great, yeah. local mm. bands to come and play. Mm. And have food on, and the bar open, yeah. and you know, make yeah. a good night, make a nice hub. Yeah, so that's great, isn't it? Because you think about most town cities across the UK. I'm not too sure about France, but certainly town cities across the UK. There is normally one sort of main municipal kind of concert hall. It was maybe it was an old bingo hall or something like that, <laughs> or, or something like that, or an old cinema or a theatre that has been run that is run as a sort of a music venue or mm, concert yeah. venue. We don't really have that in the centre of town. No, we don't. No, so, so now we do. Our we, venue really is is the firm aim, yes. which is yeah. our, our venue as such. And we've got this opportunity of another venue, and we've got pubs and things. But it's that that venue, the St James venue. It's 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 a thing that's sort of global at the moment, and people are finding, especially with these concert halls, that people aren't, aren't turning up and they're dying out, and they need to be modernised. They need to be used. There's such yeah. amazing spaces. Yeah that they just need a breath of fresh air. And, and I think people all over, and the same you're saying with France and, and England, I think both are suffering, as the venues are suffering a lot in general. There's a whole Save Our Venues campaign at the moment and things going on. And and it's so important to keep them going, but you need to keep it fresh and, and interesting. For the nice thing about St. James was, correct me if I'm wrong, they've got a licence for all ages there. It's a, it's a strange license, and I, I'm I'm being I'm being sworn in as licensee on Tuesday. Oh, so right. yeah. so you know the, the full It will be my responsibility. But I yeah, we we can separate areas which are over eighteen to under eighteen. We can have mixed audiences. Nice. We can we can work with that. I'm hoping that over time that we can evolve this concept of that sixteen and over can be in an adult venue with yeah. with if there's the right protocols in place about wristbanding and everything else. And we'll work around the rules as best we can up until that point. Mm. But yeah, it's it's it, it, you know you've got an eight hundred person main room there went standing. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a thing. We were, I mean, we're already discussing with both the the current and 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 you know the future tavern people that we're not going to clash. Yeah. In fact, what I'd really love is to work as a feed event. Mm. You know, if I'm bringing someone over, we can share people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. I've also been up talking to the ladies at Boat Jour who are also brilliant open and up for not clashing so we're, what we're finding now is that we've got the, the three venues talking to each other a lot that's, that's great brilliant. That's the, we, we've always said that it's great to have yeah. you know, if you bring over an act and they just play one venue then you're, you're wasting it's a, it's you're, a shame. you're wasting an opportunity there yeah actually the dog has to be pretty good with that in as far as feeding the Kobo Bay mm. stuff mm. Yeah. I mean, you know we've not mentioned the Doghouse much before the Kobo Bay concerts no. but actually they've been a constant for, yeah, yeah. for many years mm. and a great opportunity for for um, for quite a, a populist kind of uh, audience to watch some of the really great tribute bands that are sort of out there um, to and come in and they in. come in and they do the night before uh, at uh, the Doghouse and then they go and play the balcony gig and there's normally a local band supporting as well. Mm. Mm. So yeah. that's 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 been a. Really it's all good about thing. communicating. I think on such a small island as well. When you clash on events simply because venues aren't coordinating, I think we've spoken about this yeah, briefly before, how mm. you're splitting the audience and mm. the bands don't win, the venues don't win, and it's so much easier when everyone's coming together and they, and they, they work it out so everyone sort of gets a nice share and, and everyone can enjoy it. And it's so important. I think there is yeah. a really nice community at the moment that's really working on that and trying to make it work and, and, and bringing people 
um, together or, or who are all involved in the music scene. I'd like to see a gigging community. I'd like to see what I knew in the UK, which is that, that, that I'm going out for a night to go and watch live music or to go and watch a really decent comedian and I'm going to have some food before and I'm going to have... And I'm, it's not sort of... It's an add-on. Oh, there's a gig on somewhere. Oh, it's the bar. It's the, the pub's paid a couple hundred quid for a band to play in the corner. I, I just... To me, it doesn't respect the band enough that the effort and the time that goes to write music to produce music what i love to see uh, i mean particularly up at sound is a group of kids 40 50 kids singing lyrics back at local bands who've learned the lyrics from burning at both ends or water uh, that's, that's boxes. how i remember it that's yeah, how yeah. It, it used to be over here that's how sure. it should be and, yeah. you know, and because those kids are going on become new bands and or, or drive the audience forward mm. and 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 part of what i came up with down at down at st james now is what i'm calling my partner promoter thing which is where we, for young people, for people who want to stage events and stuff like that, that they can come along to us and we can say, okay, what have you got? And some people have contacts with certain musicians or some people have contacts with, I've got people who have contacts with West End Theatre and a new, very interesting young lady who came along who um, is involved with the new jazz scene, emerging jazz scene in London. Okay. That apparently is really lifting off at the moment. And great. For cool. great. <laughs> <laughs> and she... Uh, and she really wants to bring some musicians over to Guernsey. Awesome. But by the time that they start talking about the cost of venues and the cost of PAs and the cost of all this, and I can say to these people, well, I'll tell you what, if I give you a place to play, if I supply that PA system, if I help you with your ticketing and your promotion and everything else, use your contact. Yeah, you're still going to have to go and raise a bit of money to cover some travel and bits and pieces. You're going to get easy. But we'll cover all of that for you. You know, this is a venue. Let's use it as a venue. So... There's some really interesting things brewing up from that. Mm, that's really cool. Um, and anyone, I, I would welcome anybody who has ideas to approach us. I can't say yes to everything. It has to be commercially viable. It can't be, uh, you know, vanity. Anyone project. in the pipeline, John, that you can tell us about? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So the worst, uh, you know, in a way. names in your head, though, that people might uh, who are listening that might go, oh, that'd be interesting, that, that, you, that you don't want to say, but are, are there yeah, acts I mean, out there, like, well-established? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I did that, though, I'd love to see... If we were talking about a vein of music that I'd like to see come to Guernsey and a vein of, you know, I'd like to see Bill Bailey come back to Guernsey for comedy. Mm, oh yeah. I'd like yeah. to see someone like Rod Gilbert come to Guernsey. That would be quite nice. I mean, mm. I have a very full calendar that I've inherited for 2018. Mm. 2019, I've got lots of spaces to fill. Okay. Um, Music-wise, specials would be nice. Mm. Um, I doubt Terry Hall would be involved, but, <laughs> you know, even the specials in any format. Um, the Stranglers. Oh, wow. The damned, you know, show my age here a little bit. <laughs> okay. I th- I th- and I'm welcoming suggestions. Mm. Like, yeah, again, certain people have certain contacts that they've been in passing <clears> with, with. The problem we got here is we can't offer them their fee, the big fee that they want. We can't offer them, but we can offer them a fantastically, a fast, fantastic venue, an interesting venue, which if we fill the balcony and everything else, they're going to have a good night in there. And, and the fish and chips are very good at Kobo, so... <laughs> Yeah. So we've got that yeah. as well. Yeah. Sorry, mate. So don't swear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beaten. Oh, oh, well, I didn't, I, I didn't name oh, it, but you've named it. You went for Kobo. You went for Kobo. You're thinking mate. of the sunset. I'm thinking of the aesthetic. You've got a car. You can't drive down the island. <laughs> it's been a selling point in this island a few times. I've talked about a couple of bands that I managed to get over, or or friends through friends in Jersey. As you say, it's that you know someone who's got a friend or whatever, and nice to bring them over and who have been more than willing to come and play and putting in, having no budget at the time, we've managed to help them by giving them a weekend away yes. on Guernsey, taking yeah. them to Sark and seeing, yeah. and they're willing to do it. Yeah. There's a guy that came over from, who was on tour from New Zealand, who's my friend's contacts over there, and 
and I said, well, there's, there's no gigs that weekend because Sark Roots Festival is on, but it might be worth contacting them. And you could probably, if you go down, instead of getting a fee, you get everything covered and you go for a few days and stuff and just write. And he was, he was loved it. Yeah. He went over and he was there for two weeks or something and just <laughs> writing in Sark. And then he did the festival and played and everything. Wow. And it was amazing. It's one of those things where they just want to come back and enjoy yeah. the island. And if you can say it like that, and mm. just this sort of, in, it's, a, it's a different place. It's, it's nice. Even my friend, uh, we had the uh, Folk Americana night. Yeah. It was, um, I met him at an open mic in New York and we got talking. I said, well, if you're over in Europe at any time, then if you're passing by Guernsey, just stop by and I'll we'll sort you out <laughs> a gig. Jump out of the plane. Yeah. And organising the gig, gave him a call, said, anytime you want to go back to Guernsey, that one in London. And he booked a flight over, <laughs> paid for it, and came for one night to play the gig and went back home the day after. It was amazing. It was brilliant. Such a, yeah, it's genuine. There's such good connection there. And it's one of those people that, you know, it, it, it grows. And people were saying to him, he was in Italy at the time, he was like, where, where are you going? That's why I'm going to Guernsey. Why are you going there? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's just exciting. And there's it's a really nice, nice link. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely brought a few people over that are like musicians from different bands and stuff that have just, you know, we've, we've met at festivals or whatever. And, and they've, they've come over to Guernsey just to come say hi to us. And then they've had such a good time going to gigs and stuff here and getting yeah. involved. They're like, well, fuck, we've got to bring our band here, definitely. So you know, I, think, I think that's what we've got to do. Just, is, is, just is, advertising is, the island. Get one, start the process. Mm. Show them the venue. I'm working really hard with the Hellier Brothers and, and other local audio technicians to, to put into St. James a really good quality PA system mm. that we will own. It will be designed specific for that venue. Yeah, because the acoustics and in there are quite reverby, aren't they? It's messy. You, you yeah. It's very difficult. Nah, it's a, very it's specialised. We have that big parabolic bell just yeah, above yeah. the stage, which if you... It's great for acoustic stuff. Oh, I heard the Welsh male voice choir that was in there last week and it was, wow. When they yeah, yeah. when they opened the taps up and they gave it, it was, mm. you know, tear in your Beautiful, eye moment, yeah, yeah. you know, really amazing. And then we need to deal with that. And yeah. so, so Mark and is doing all sorts of testing and profiling and time measurements and whatnot. Yeah. And we're going to get, by by the time we bring these artists over, there will be a rig in there and uh, uh, that is going to be worthy of them to come. And that, that, I want them to go away, oh, the sound was great. You know, I was, we went out for a feed and we had a good night and, and that's the mentality we've got yeah, to yeah. push. Like. Mm. What got you involved in music then? You, you mentioned that... Um, Maisie picked up your bass guitar. Yeah. Bloody Vale Earth, so <laughs> fucking hell, Vale Earth. <laughs> and she was about thirteen, I think you said when when she mm. like started when you noticed that she was picking up. So how old were you? What got yeah. you into music? Uh, John Peel, cheesily enough. Okay, <laughs> I was away at school and um, listening to that at night was a good start. Mm. And then obviously. A, um, being How old were you then? About 13, 14? Yeah, 12, 13, 14. Mm. Yeah, there was sort of that awakening moment. And then buying... Why is it that most teenage boys go for heavy metal? But, it, you know, <laughs> the ACDC Iron Maiden route led me in. And then and after that, like most of the Guernsey, went through the rhythm of goth, Adam and the Ants, Getting Scar. out of the bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty, the teenage yeah, ants yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, there's a pretty, pretty well-established route in there. Did you go to the uh, any of those concerts? So Adam and the Ant came to play back in the day. I, and Thin Adam Lizzie, and I think I did see Thin Lizzy with Phil Lynott. Uh, that yeah, was I saw real. him there as well. And I saw Slade. Concert, Slade. Yeah. Wow. Now that shows how old we are. Yeah, no, I, saw, I was lucky enough to see those two. But actually, the thing that really got me was um, was Vailofa volunteering down there when I was 16, 17. Yeah. Wow. Going down, turning up on the, on, on, on the motorbike and just working away and 
sneaking a few cheeky beers and <laughs> being involved, you know, sure. just just yeah. being involved, that buzz of being involved. It was a different thing then, though, wasn't it? I mean, pretty loose. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I don't think it's changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's loose, it's, it's, it's really, it's just, it's vast. They always pull it together, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. so many yeah. stages. And there's so much effort that goes in from all the volunteers and the people that spend so much time and effort for nothing. Mm. Yeah, and just just to make a really nice tie, and that's such a it's such a nice mm. atmosphere, and that's it. It is relaxed, but that, that's, that's a, the way it should be, and it will always be like that. Special actually. shout out to the Vela Fed Collective, well yeah. done. Yeah. And uh, but that's the same if you if you if you extrapolate that out, it's the same with chaos. Mm. It's the yeah, same, yeah, it's yes. the same with you guys at Guernsey yeah. Gigs. It's the same yeah. if you look at the way the music local music scene works. It works off the back and nothing. It does, yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. is is yeah volunteers That's and. Right. So and from the bands to the organisers, yeah. everyone really pulls together, which is really nice. I think it's such a strong scene over here. I don't know. We, we've had the most breathtaking support from, from the bands that come and support sound. Mm. And we can't pay them. And, 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 and recently when we took it free, there wasn't even the risk before we used to split the gate with the bands. Um, once we paid the expenses, whatever was left was split down to the bands. But now we went free, there's just not that revenue anymore. Mm. And, and all of them didn't miss a beat straight away, boom, sign up, off you. No, you can't. I mean, it's brilliant, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're quite taken aback, and they volunteer for their Sundays and come and do mentor sessions and stuff like that, which is, yeah. you know, well above the, beyond the call and of duty. A lot of people do say that, you know, um, local bands just kind of take advantage, get taken advantage of because they they um, do loads of gigs for free and like they should be demanding to get paid and stuff like that. Mm. But I think there's such a strong sort of music community here that like bands are willing to give up their time and willing to depending on the cause I think yeah, if, for sure if it's a good but, project or a good cause they, they want to but if we can it, change this culture yeah, to this right. gigging culture mm. if we can change that to a scenario where there's two or three venues that say <clears> no we pay you yeah it might be a split of the gate it might be this it might be that but you will walk away with something in your hand yeah at the end of the night that's the way it should be yeah absolutely with, with all our gigs we, we put any money that we make straight back in yeah. the band's pockets because that's what it's about. Does it cost a fortune? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it costs so much to, to, to get a band together and buy all your equipment and rent your practice space and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so like, yeah. we try to put money back into the pockets. I think it'd be nice now but to involve It's hardly anything. Like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the, Sherbet's yeah. expensive. Yeah, it's, Sherbet is very expensive. Really? It's on your mind there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so something we should know, right? <laughs> I still want to go back to this question, though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so you got into music through listening to John Peel. You started helping out at the Verlo Fair. Yeah. But you picked up a bass. So Yeah, I was uh, terrible. Uh, did you play in bands at all? Very, very badly. Well, what was your first band called? Come I can't on, even remember it. Oh, no. You, and I really, I honestly, that honestly... That means that the name was that bad. No, <laughs> I'm not even sure we even had a name. It was so Worse short-lived. Like, Rect I actually, or whatever, I worked... <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. We're all good little people. No, um, I, I was lucky enough to work at Rick's music shop at the time, which was see. No one remembers that. It's it was on the hill as you went up from towards Custer towards Frostard House. Okay. There was a little music store on the yeah, right hand side there, all wooden floors and stinky. Before they redeveloped all of that, called Rick's, and I worked a couple of sums in in there, and it sort of gave me aspirations to be a musician. And I'd be stoning fretboards and fiddling around helping. So why did you pick up the bass then, if you wanted to be a musician? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, bass now, yeah, okay, well, Maisie feels bad now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah. There's two bass players in the room, Graham. You're <laughs> yeah. trying to dangerous territory. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not that way. I, I can't. I had to accept the limitations. <laughs> I can organise stuff, but I certainly have no, no, no skill in that area. <laughs> but you've, um, 
you've been involved in festivals in the UK and Europe. Have yeah, you, you yeah. Sort of like hinted yeah. at that. Well, what yeah. was your experience there? What was your your highs and lows? Um, uh, started off in the rave scene. Funny enough, down in Devon, I was living down there. Okay, and um, going to. To naughty little parties here and there up and around Holden Hills and <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice. it's amazing how you can dance 12 hours a night but you know <laughs> it's like, it was a yeah I'm so <laughs> but um that was good and then we so that was then, around Devon did you say yeah just around around Exeter way and, and uh, got involved in organising a few of those ran a little crew for a while Oh, nice. And then when the criminal justice bell came in, you, that was the end of that, really. Oh, you, so that was 90s then? Late 80s, yeah, 90s. 91 or something, yeah, because we, we had a one final party the day before the CJB came in okay. with 6,000 of our closest personal friends. 6,000? Uh, yeah, it was quite good to do that one. Wow. And it was a coming together of all the crews who'd been organising parties. In fact, I think, you know, there was a lot of luck. We'd put marquees up we'd put everything up but we triangulated the meeting points on a really well-known spot that was regularly used called dunk as well okay but actually we were about six miles further along oh, very good. and so um in an area that had never been used and we had there was a crazy guy who used to run the generator and it was an old uh u2 generator engine and it used to vibrate so badly that it would sink itself into the ground. <laughs> so it was on the back of a seven and a half ton truck, and by the by the morning you're digging his wheels out. Sort of the suspension just. Yeah. But it was it was it was an exercise, and we had fog over the hill. They had helicopters up looking for the infrastructure, and also, and we we decided to show how ridiculous. Because at that point, licensing had come in, and it was the way of controlling what was going on. And they wanted twenty or thirty thousand quid if you were going to hold a, a, a mm. rave, as they were called back then, a party. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit out of hand. So it was sort of like we wanted to highlight how stupid that was. So we had lit fire exits. We had um, medical on site. We had proper off-site, par- off-street parking. So we had actually no no complaints about the whole event. And um, it went off and all the police went up to Dunk as well. And all the people we wanted to go to the party came to where we were. <laughs> and we had stewards parking them and the whole shebang. Oh, and it all, all happened. And we charged two people to get on site. Everyone else got on free. And they wow. were the two police officers who were... Dressed in the high-tech high-tops. <laughs> I mean, how I spotted them. It's a miracle. But as they walked up to the gate, it was like 20 quid each. And, it was like, and uh, that meant, that, that meant Here, we... Here's a 20 quid. Can I get a receipt for yeah, that? Yeah, really. <laughs> need to claim that back on the expense. That's it. And that, that meant we, 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 we had an offence. You know, we had committed an offence, which meant it had to go to court and it had to sit in front of a judge and we could make our point. No, good. Which we did. And... Um, the judge was fantastic. He was on our side. He looked That's at it and said, you, with all the evidence that we'd done everything that would have been required to us by a thing, that there was no complaints from anybody, um, that the police in 40-odd officers that they'd deployed had cost tens of thousands of pounds. Total waste of money. Yeah, and um, Which is, I think, what partially why the policy now is that they stand away, don't waste their money, and then just deal with it afterwards. But, yeah. um, That's and, interesting. Yeah. And uh, he fined us 100 quid. Wow. And that was it. That's great. But I did get the front page of the local newspaper. Rave, rage. That's a good one. We just couldn't... Have you still got that? Yeah, I couldn't work out who who was enraged because we didn't have one complaint. Were you playing Rage Against the Machine? I wish. (laughs) 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 But that was, you know, it was big times over there. There was all the Fantasia parties and and, uh, Rain Dance and all these mega, mega all-nighters that were... And how did people know about those parties? Because for some of our younger 
listeners yeah they might go well sure you should have text to find out <laughs> where the venue is but of course mobile phones were not no they weren't no 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 about no it was uh, flyers in record stores and word of mouth and and then standing on a hill listening <laughs> where's that noise coming from oh, it's, it's kind of hours and hours of driving around in total GPS. confusion you know? driving in the opposite way of where the sheep are running yeah exactly you know, basically just trying to get to where you've got to go to but yeah I mean amazing times really I think every generation has their moment and that was mm. for, for, for me that was a, it's, it's difficult to put on something like that over here isn't it? It's, yeah it's not going to work out no, I mean I know, I know the south coast was adorned with a few at some point <laughs> I, I mean, they, they used to do it in, in America. In the like, that's how the sort of stoner desert rock scene came about. Was yeah. just just having gigs in the desert, yeah. and like they would just turn up to a random location and and just tell people, mm. "We're about here, mm. and you'll hear us." Yeah, hear us. And that, that's how like sort of Caius and all that sort of stuff came out. They yeah, just cool. yeah. would turn up in the middle of the desert, crank their amps as loud as they could, and just hold big desert mm. parties and just take all the stuff you need for the night, and then just. Try Take back it back with you. Yeah. Mm. But it's, it's impossible for police to find you because it's just yeah. it's so vast out, out there. But mm. over here, <laughs> I mean, I don't you think do it, it on the beach, maybe. <laughs> I don't think at the time. Five minutes yeah. before the tide comes <laughs> up and uh, steals your PA system. <laughs> I don't think at the time in the UK that the, 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 the police and the authorities had any understanding of how to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, we, when you, we got to Holden Hill regularly and you could look back and see sort of 200 cars in convoy heading to a party and you've got two co- two officers and I felt bad, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot you're going to do about it. Yeah. <laughs> there was a glorious moment after Fantasia at Matchams Park just outside Bournemouth and and the sun had come up behind the main stage and everyone was all in a really good mood. It had been great, great to that sort of 30, 35,000 people there. Oh. And the chief of police came on stage, not to the quiet, quietest of responses, but once everyone had shut up a bit, he said, right, you know, uh, I'd like you to disperse and you are entirely not welcome to go down to the beach. And the entire audience went, beach? Beach. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, 20 minutes later, 15,000 people down by Bournemouth, the uh, impromptu sound system. <laughs> and on we went for another 12 hours. <laughs> it was brilliant. And so they just didn't, they had no idea how to deal with it. It's, it's funny though, because, uh, like, <laughs> well, last time, I, uh, last holiday I went to Barcelona and they just have, like, really loose regulations on that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people just pull up with their PAs and take them down to the beach and, like, people just have little parties and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't get out of hand because there's so many people doing it yeah. that, like, you've just got little groups of people gathering. Like, I think we queued for, a, a friend of ours joined us and wanted to go clubbing uh, and we, we reluctantly you know, went with him. Um, and I think we queued for an hour or so to get in this this nightclub and it was just really lame. And they tried, I think we spent 40 euros on a round of drinks. And this, uh, it was terrible. I bet there's some quality disco dancing drinks. was taking place yeah, in there. No, well, it was it was just pretty lame. And we went out to the smoking area, which went, led out onto the, the, the beach. Mm. And everyone was having a word at the time on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what the fuck did we go into this club? It's, it's terrible. So we just, yeah, we literally skipped out of the uh, the smoking area and just went out on the beach and had a yeah, great yeah. time. Like Everyone was blasting music and stuff. And that just, you know, people wandering around selling beers on the beach and stuff. And we're like, yeah, we'll take one of these. Because if you <laughs> a put, euro like, each. <laughs> put those restrictions on something, it makes people feel oppressed. Yeah, exactly. And and then they start getting aggy, don't they? They start yeah. like, pushing against well, you, that you sense of oppression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's their freedom being limited. But if you give people freedom, but you monitor it, like you were saying about, so you put in some measures. You, yeah. You make sure that people are safe. Well, you can have but, security at an event, but it doesn't need to be... 
yeah, loads yeah. of massive blokes in business. Yeah, you don't you have can to have be, have it can be reactive, around. not proactive. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think I think you the evolution of what happened in the early nineties when you'd had festivals like Llama Tree and Big Chill and 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 stuff started developing out of that and then they further evolved into all these sort of secret garden parties and stuff was was our generation saying, Well, I can see how it can work, so I've got to legitimise it, I'm old enough to be taken seriously, let's give this a go. And you're getting you're getting these fantastic parties taking place which are the police don't walk in on. And you know, you're allowed you have an environment that is feeling really nice and not mm. not that I mean, it's an evolution. I mean, mm. it's that thing of, I suppose, instead of saying no and, and, and stopping education and educating people, we talked about it before. Um, part of sound as well is sort of, they've got the freedom to be there, but it's also, um, I lived in Europe and you've lived in Europe as well. And people are very free. Youngsters are very free to go into the bar and be around and it's, and sitting in the bar where the adults are having a drink and a conversation and, and it's almost slightly more sophisticated. Whereas over here in the UK, you're kind of not allowed that and you get this binging, binge drinking sort of. If you've got, Absolutely. if you've got a culture yeah, that says, yeah. that takes, you know, the most testosterone driven bunch of teenage, you know, you know, teenagers so fired up, so confused and you're mm. constantly saying no, 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 no. Unless we authorize it, we do, they run it. You're, you're only going to disenfranchise them. They're only going to lose them all. And, mm. and and it's a sentiment I keep now. You know, if I end up in a meeting and someone and I suggest doing something and they say no, it's almost like a sort of, okay, let's see how we can make yeah, this yeah. work. You know? <laughs> how is there a legitimate route? It's a route challenge. That, you know, it's a challenge. It's, it's like a green flag. When we did the gig down at bathing pools last year, the initial reaction, not from the authorities at the time, who were quite supportive of it, but several people were like, no, no, it can't happen, no, no. Because mm. it could happen. It was just a matter of going through the right procedures and the, mm. the right hoops to make it happen. And, and, mm. and that way, then, I think that the young people feel that, that it can happen. But, and also, you learn a valuable lesson. Actually, it's better to be on the inside not manipulating, but working the system to your benefit, hmm. than in necessarily throwing bricks at it. Yeah, um, it's understanding what the system needs and then finding a way of doing that. Yeah, it's about compromise, isn't it? It, it is, and also that not being scared. Like now, legislation isn't allowing sixteen-year-olds to be in in a bar environment with over with adults in Guernsey, but legislation can be changed, and the liquor mm. licensing legislation in Guernsey has been changed regularly in all sorts mm. of directions. And I'd like to see the political will, and I've already started talking to deputies about this, to change the legislation so in certain circumstances, when certification is in place, that we can have it in the scenario where 16-year-old kids can be in the same room as a live mm. bar. Mm. Because if we don't, <clears throat> then they're going to be sitting in, uh, you know, at people's houses or wherever else. Yeah, they'll, be, they'll, they'll find alcohol somewhere else, Yeah, for sure. And, 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 they're just and there's no get, one to, to be around to monitor And it gets it. out of control. You yeah. know, If you do have a, a group of young people drinking together, it's yeah. far less likely to stay under control than if you've I, if they're I, in an yeah. environment where they're looked upon and they're mm-hmm. you know the licensing legislation says that you can't serve drunk people it says that you have to remove drunk people from mm. your environment you, stuff like that so they would be party to that ruling which yeah. means that the, they would have better control than if they're in someone's back garden whose parents are away drinking I, I, a I, of vodka. I remember you know at that age being totally not allowed in bars and not allowed to do anything so we used to have absolutely insane house parties yeah. like, just <laughs> yeah. do absolutely ridiculous stuff and I think you know if you're actually like around other people that are older and drinking alcohol mm. like like normal people, you 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 don't sit there and go, oh, I must drink so much I get absolutely wasted. You mm. just see people drinking and casually mm. chatting and having a nice time. So well, you, a lot you of the learn time, better. You, yeah. you learn better. The etiquette um, is worth. Yeah, yeah but the, a lot. You know, mm. a lot of the 
it's either it, it's going to kill you, which they know it, it doesn't because no. yeah. they did like, or, or um, you're going to get nicked. Well, no, I haven't seen any recent convictions for under eighteen drinking. <laughs> you know, so all the things, these threats are completely vacuous. There's no, there's no backing to them at all. Mm. They are going to, you know. So I like your point, Greg, that you were saying about the fact that in in France, yeah, so, well, you were saying Europe, joke, but I think in France particularly, alcohol, there's not the mysticism about it in some ways. The, the no, race. there isn't, and, and because kids when you're 14 or something you'll have a glass of wine with your meal with your parents kind of thing yeah. and there isn't also the strict drinking up time by a certain time in, well, in bars drink and, up, I bars and things like this it can kind of go on but I think it starts very young that actually people don't don't realise that there isn't this big mysticism about it's very different. Sort of alcohol yeah. like, and your point Elliot about not being allowed into pubs to drink and therefore then you'd go and have amazing house parties and I bet you that paid into a kind of, oh, fuck you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, mm, right, well, yeah. we're going to get yeah. really hammered and really show them. Yeah. And that's not the attitude that no, you really, really That's not a very healthy kind of we attitude. We used to so have... If you demystify and you don't have the binge drinking because I've got to drink up until this point because then the bar's going to close. Yeah. I'm going to drink yeah. it down like that. You talk to any paramedics that kind of work in UK sort of venues, they're constantly mopping up drunks who are just trying to binge drink as much as they possibly it's, can before the bar closes. If things are open and things are a bit more relaxed and you don't mm. mystify yeah. alcohol, you, you have some social responsibility about it, then but you, people you, but are a lot more... You look at the Europeans, particularly Southern Europeans, you look at Portugal, Spain, Italy, it's a non-family thing. You mm. know, throughout my, throughout my children's lives, if we have a dinner party, they're there. Mm. If we go out for dinner, they're there. Mm. And I know if you are right, you start having babies. Oh, that's it. You lot, we're going. We socialise somewhere else. I know everyone can't play this game, but I think that that's part of the European, te- you know, Definitely. mentality. Is mm. yeah, the little ones might bugger off and go and do something else later on. But you know, during the meal, during that whole thing, they see their parents. They see their parents' friends. They see their people that they probably respect. Enjoying a few glasses of wine, getting a bit loose off the back, is smiling and, and having a good time, dancing and, in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Used to go well, to my you were local. Telling me before driving here. <laughs> Friday night. No um, pants. <laughs> fully clothed, mate. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> but I think, yeah, like yeah, if we could learn a lot. I mean, you can take it to the other degree where you where you ban people from having alcohol at twenty one years old till twenty one, like America. Yeah. And there's an alcohol problem for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. yeah, cause all those colleges where all the kids are under twenty one, no yeah. one drinks. I Yeah. <laughs> there's a I remember it was about three months before I turned eighteen, they just turned changed the law in France to being eighteen where you could drink. Because at sixteen you could go into a bar and you could drink as long as it was under 12% alcohol so you could drink wine and you could drink beer and you could drink martinis so people at 16 would hit the martinis because it was the cheapest it was about 2 euros 20 for a large martini and it had a bit more alcohol this is where your jazz a load of 16 year olds with martinis it's amazing I probably went a bit younger than most people because I looked older already so I was probably in pubs and said oh I know I was in pubs from about 12, 13 anyway but after school people would go from school um, about 16 and they'll go afterwards especially in the sun sitting out on the terrace and some would have a beer well I would definitely have a beer but <laughs> other friends that I was with who would say 16 would be there and underage people as well so seeing as 16 I was friends who were 15 
And the bar wouldn't allow them to have any alcohol until they were 16. But they would sit with us where we would have a drink and whoever. And there were people around and people would do their homework outside and people socialize. And mm. and they've also haven't quite yet. I've seen it in a few places, but they haven't got this thing that seems to be in England now, which is a way of making people drink more. It's make sure that the music in the bar is really, really loud. Take all the chairs away so you're never quite comfortable and you can't sit down and pace your drink. <laughs> yeah. So you're constantly shouting that you can't hear. Yeah. So you're drinking more and getting out so more people can get in. It's it's that sort of atmosphere of get in, drink, give us the money and get out. Whereas in France, you can sit and have a few drinks over two hours and the conversation it's very laid back and things like going to my local in the evening after work and my friends would take their kids out for a walk from their house to the pub have a beer with them they can run riot a bit they get out they have their drink and they can go home and it's a very social thing but you don't have that same problem of there is binge drinking of course it's everywhere like everyone's had too much but it's people take care more of the people that have had too much and and it's fine. It shouldn't be something that you should feel bad about or awkward or sort of... It makes it, makes it worse as well, especially mm. if you're vulnerable and under the influence mm. of alcohol. There's nothing worse than feeling panicky you, when you're you in a bad it, situation. Were you taking advantage of? <laughs> Is there something you want to share? <laughs> I, I I'm sure you ladies to take advantage of it. <laughs> I, I think, like, uh, taking, bringing it back to music, I mean, there was a, there was a thread recently in the uh, Guernsey Music Facebook group um, about you know when was your when was your first band and like what band are you in now and everyone was like oh I was about fourteen or fifteen when I started my first band and oh mm. you know at, at that age you're not allowed into a pub now yeah. so you can't even like hang out with the musicians and other people that are, are playing in venues that's stuff the and yeah. because the venues, because yeah. yeah those are the venues and yeah. they're all over eighteen and they're all off limits and like yeah. if those people that are getting into music could hang out with the well, we see it where it's stuff, amazing yeah. well I mean the, it's, the musicians after sound you know they're there at soundcheck they're there afterwards <clears> and they they're, they're so generous with their time and their advice and and just being it gives the kids get such a buzz out of that mm. you know really enjoy they see someone that they really respect on stage giving it full beans and then they come and talk to them Mm. you know and, and that's fantastic and it is it's those formative years yeah yeah. Because that's, they, they, that's when you get inspired that's when if you're I haven't like had being opened up to the 16 year old rule and hadn't been in bars I would never have found my first band or been able to perform exactly and yeah I met them when I was 15 one was 21 another one was 18 someone else was 16 so we had this age group me the youngest at 15 till 21 of the oldest at the time and for about three years or so when we played and recorded an album that I wrote when I was 16 and we went touring and we were going to different bars and venues and like midweek before school Thursday night suddenly there's a gig you've got to get down there and practicing every day and it's because we, I was allowed to go and play at these venues and I built up a big music career at that time and really developed so fast from it because that's the best way to do it it's just to play really it's to be yeah, up there it's to, yeah. and you learn so much you learn how to but, but um, imagine if you were cut off from, and from, if I'd been cut off you yeah. would have I would have lost out on all of that it would yeah, have been a totally. whole different yeah. and started years later and I'm not seen and, as and, much and almost be frustrated musically frustrated for not being able I, to do I that I feel like that, that has, has played a big part in the sort of slight decline in the, the local music scene like not not you know younger people not having access to that and their first sort of experience of loud music or live music is going to a DJ at the townhouse or something like that or going to mm-hmm. going to a club and then, <laughs> and then they go oh well that's I guess what people do with music and yeah, they just yeah. sit and listen to like a CD player 
But there's well, a there's a generation that's so entirely tough yeah. to get to, mate. I mean, yeah. if if we're trying to attract new audiences to sound, thanks to you know, to, to part social media, thanks to part to the peer pressure that social media then applies to huge groups of young people on the island or anywhere, that that actually the concept of going up to the Fermain Tavern and listening to a band they've never heard of isn't appealing necessarily to maybe one or two protagonists who then across say, oh, I don't want to go out there, no, I'm not doing that. And that just, yeah. boom, 50 people yeah, are yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah. And and we've <clears> seen <throat> that where maybe certain people have, have been regulars at, at sound and then and then for whatever reason they've fallen out with a girl or something's happened and then suddenly they don't come and then we know 20 other people gone. don't come. Mm. You know, and but thankfully we get new people come, but it's it's... It's that struggle. We we yeah, get yeah. them for four hours a month. Uh, social media has them sort of twenty four hours a day, mm. and and it only takes one or two characters mm. within that group mm. who probably are slightly uncomfortable or not con- you know not happy enough to go out to those public space who, who who make it uncool mm. for them to go. Yeah. So we've just got to put more gigs on, and this is part of the reason doing the market one was it's a Saturday afternoon. There's lots of people walking around. If we stick some live music in Market Square under, under a marquee, they've got to listen to it. They can't walk past and not hear it. Mm. And hopefully we'll catch a few stragglers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always that sort of educating people and educating people to go to venues, know that it's accessible to go. Um, some people don't feel like they can access a gig if they've never been to a venue or anything. Mm. That's what's great yeah. for young people to know how to go. People go, well, I don't know. I speak to people all the time. I'm like, well, you should go. There's this event. Have you heard this band? Mm-hmm. Things like that. It's a great night. It's a really good opportunity. And they're like, well, I, I've never been. I don't know what the, the etiquette is. <laughs> yeah. <I> like, <laughs> which is turn up to the door and pan the door. You'll get a bracelet and get in. But unless you've done it, it's a bit like, oh, yeah, I don't, don't want to try that. Like, it's, I remember going to my first gig. Um, my, my friend Andy had just he literally just moved to the island. And he was asking what there is to do on this horrible little island that cast you down well that's what he was like there's nothing to do here there's there's nothing going on and I and I said well there's probably some music or something Uh, we Mm. could find it we could find some music like because he was just used to the UK where there's always things happening and he was Mm. like oh yeah well maybe we could find it so his his mum drove us down to Chandler's at the (laughs) time and uh, and like we neither of us had been to a gig before like he he'd he'd um, He'd he'd not been, but he you know in in the UK he just sort of went to parties and stuff, and there was always, always something happening. But this was the first gig we'd both been to, and there was like Mechanical Lobster playing, and we were like, oh, what what is this weird stuff? That wake and, you up? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was yeah, and we, we were both like, whoa, this is amazing. We, we totally got but like we hadn't you know there was no influence from like social media or anything like that mm. telling us you got to go here. You, you know, no advertising for it. We just kind of turned up to this weird thing and. Just went in and there was all these weird people dressed up like goths and <laughs> like, oh, yeah, guilty. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, this is this is quite cool. <laughs> so it's really high pitched voice. Yeah, <laughs> it was no, it was really like so mechanical yeah, lobster. Right? Mechanical lobster. Mm. Was, was, Are they making a comeback? Well, I don't I, know. The world was absolutely no, never. It's no, yeah, no, that's well, the word, yeah. but then is it? This... Mark gave me the CD just last couple of weeks ago and I put yeah. it in the car. Was not prepared. The first for that. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. That would there's I like, I've heard talk of a comeback and there's been a Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, and I up. got on the Rex page we put up the gigs for this year and there was a 
uh, a quote saying Mechanical Lobster are going to be doing some tours in the UK kind of thing. And I don't know whether it's a joke <laughs> I or... Think, I think it's Guernsey Futu. <laughs> I, I don't think it's worth devoting any airtime to that at all. No, no. Oh, we just did. <laughs> so we talked about um, the the music scene here a fair bit, and we talked about your experiences with John with uh, with rave scene in like uh, UK and stuff. But I know that you've also done some stuff in in Europe as well. Well, yeah, we got onto um, organising mixed sport music events. We oh. pub- so wait, 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 what? 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 Well, what? my love of music. You know about what? sport, Elliot? What's going on? Yeah, don't worry, it wasn't a normal sport. I thought we agreed not to do. Ah, not normal sport. Sports. It was a relaxed sport. It was a nice, friendly. We ran a publishing. We ran a publishing. A little publishing business. Poker. Competitive level drinking. Yeah. Much like the podcast. It's a game of Uno. Is that competitive? I think this game. The game around this table is who can have the bladder the longest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's been from Pia if you need to go just go yeah. it's um, carpeted so it's, we won't yeah. <laughs> easy for you you lot are naked <laughs> nah, um, but the um, yeah I, we got involved with a sport called mountain boarding and which I've done board sports all my life skateboarded snowboarded and everything and snowboarded for many years nine, nine seasons and is that they, where you get bored on the side of a mountain? Yeah. Hey. yeah. Oh, oh, Sorry. <laughs> you got it in there. <laughs> and um, I thought it'd be good to have music alongside sporting events. So I organised a World Series of which we had nine events in Europe. And we'd have bands playing and music and sports going on. It reached a sort of a high point in Western Superman one fateful winter where we took over a, a, a warehouse and made lots of jumps and whatnot. And then I had booked... It was a, it was an error. It was a it was a vanity bookings I did. Fans <laughs> I wanted to see. So hang on, rewind. What's the actual idea? You said mountain boarding. Mount, mountain boarding is these big skateboards with pneumatic tires, and you roll down hills on them. Oh, okay. They're okay. kind of fun. You use them with kites and stuff. And it, it was a growing sport. And I was involved with some of the fabrication and some of the products and bits and pieces aside. So they start at the top of the mountain. They or use this board or hill, down. and they roll down and they get to the bottom and then there's a gig happening. Well, no, what we did was there's a freestyle component to it. Or do they play guitar all the way down? Where, where they, <laughs> if you won't take it seriously. <laughs> no, it's... Um, we'll keep interrupting. <laughs> and they, no, I just thought with the freestyle bit where they do the big jumps, spinny things, that it would be nice to have a band there. Ah. So, cool. so I made a policy that we would have live music going on while it was going on. Ah. And that sort of carried on, so that was, mm. that was really good. We had lots of fun. We, we, um, like I said, we did this one in Western where I booked Sensor, which was quite something, and an awesome bag called Stateside Hombres and Lockdown Project, who, who unfortunately no longer exist because I'd have them back in a second. And we had that massive stage going on right next to a huge free tart freestyle oh, contest. That's brilliant. Oh, Did Earth Fair have a half pipe at some yeah, point? Yeah, PJ yeah. used to put the half yeah, pipe yeah. in there, and then yeah. I, at the Guernsey Festival. I organised a big kicker that was next to the main stage. Brilliant, yeah. BMX I think that's and, great. Which the mountain board of guys came over for that and did freestyle during mm. while the bands are playing and whatnot. So have we learned that sports now can involve wheels as well as balls and sticks? I think it could be we Do you think we've learned <laughs> that maybe we should be... Your ball's being hit by sticks and I understand why you don't like sports. <laughs> 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 if that is your vision. Yeah, maybe we should much. be doing more. <laughs> you have to pay for that kind of thing. <laughs> Events alongside sports events to open up to more people is that yeah, what possibly, we've yeah. Ooh, which could be it did work 
it, it, it worked because we had kids as young as eight, nine years old there mm. suddenly getting exposed to sensor, which, yeah, that'll open your eyes all day long. <laughs> and, uh, and, and here it was brilliant because it makes the sporting event a party. It makes it, the, and it was mm. quite a loose sport. It was sort of, we were sponsored by a coffee shop in Amsterdam. <laughs> uh, our pro team, you know, it was sort of, it was pretty loose at the European tour. And, uh, and, and there's quite a lot of beer being drunk. And, and it was, you know, it, it was just a fun, young sport finding its feet. And it's still out there doing its thing. And friends mm, of ours still run it and enjoy it. And Europeans have a lot of fun with it. There's a great bunch of guys down in the south of France in the Pyrenees where, where they have really good parties with a with a dash of sport on the side. And <laughs> so, so do you think if we put, like, you know, brunt, some instrumental doom metal on the Guernsey football pitch, that would go down really well? <laughs> if there's any... Um, well, with the current performance, you'd probably be around, right? Any sporties out there that want to ring in and want to organise an event or people that are into into sports and, and want to put some music on, then mm. you should give us a shout and we can see if we can do something. Yeah, it would be, yeah, be good fun. Some, yeah, I think, music, I think particularly with a certain type of sport, you know, your skateboarding. Well, skateboarding's had a long and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Always, I do have to say, I think swimming might be quite difficult to go on. <laughs> well, oh, there was really. a, that band recently <laughs> that wrote a whole, a whole um, album, like Underwater, didn't they? Did uh, I'm trying to think what's Who's that. Like, they they did these this apnea and stuff to learn how to, like. <laughs> Stay really long underwater and learn and play this. This shoot. it sounds really. Yeah. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, they're brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Someone remembers well, it. I have, to, yeah. I have to put it in. I think I watched the. And there was the um, <laughs> the drummer, <laughs> the jazz drummer, who used to practice in his swimming pool. That's right. And he'd weigh himself down to learn how to be f- faster on the drums. Yeah. So he used to play. <laughs> so there was a bloody difference when he wasn't in the water. Oh, I got to remember those two. Next podcast, we'll bring out those two names. All right, be good. Music goes forward. Download, of course, always have half pipes and mm. skate bowls, and I could embarrass my daughter now, but I, I probably shouldn't. But she has a huge claim to fame. Oh really? Well, she's not here, so <laughs> she's not here. To, is it sanctioned? Uh, is this all right? Yeah. Well, she's not here to object. And we've yeah. only mentioned them once this podcast. I'm not mentioning the band name. Oh. No, 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 you can yeah. do that. <laughs> no, but she um, she went to download okay. when she was two wow. and had to be written into the insurance policy for download because she was not, obviously, yet young people there. Wow. But we were working with the old mountain boards in the in the Snickers bowl there. We were guests to go there. And um, and we didn't have childcare, so she came with us everywhere and off she came in all her, her finery. Little girl into the middle of the download, which anyone who's been there is interesting content. And uh, it was the year Ozzy reformed with with Sabbath on main stage, and it was quite a good, good year place. for music. Yeah, I remember standing there and her sleeping right through that performance. Ozzy <laughs> 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 would be proud. Yeah, is that, is that what's embarrassing? Because that is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, she was only two, and I really I hadn't got managed to embed age. that music into her at that point. Maybe she was. That's but, what she was doing. She's just taking it all in, yeah. all in whilst right. asleep. She just like. She wasn't sleeping. She's just her eyes closed. Just toning it in. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. It was that that sport music thing. Now you gotta watch mm. out a bit. That worked quite nicely. Mm. That was quite. Cool. Mm. But uh, yeah, there's definitely room to do more with the sporty. People. But the skate park. Sport you see, things. you go to the skate park and do some music up there. That yeah. your your brunt would be very welcome up there. That's yeah. right up there street. <laughs> mm. And yeah, uh, you know, that's only a PA license away. True. Very true. Maybe we should do something. Cliff running would be tricky to do as well. You need. 
I don't know, a band, <laughs> a portable band, a helicopter platform <laughs> or something being taken along, <laughs> playing to the runners. Could get out of hand quite quickly. Marathon music, yeah. We thought of doing a sound on a trident. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they do do the yeah, gigs yeah, on the yeah. trident, don't they? I thought they, that'd they be quite do, a lot. They used, my dad used to DJ on the, yeah. on the, the home trident. That must be a specialist skill yeah. in its own right. No, well, he, he said Literally that, rock and roll. He, he said at one oh, point, God. I think they... Oh. <laughs> At one point, uh, they beached themselves or something like that, and, and everyone that was drunkenly dancing along to the music just went flat on the <laughs> We have, with Skillet Liquors and um, John Wesley Stone, it was sort of tradition on the way back from Sark or oh, uh, Beer Festival to jam it out. suddenly just get up and start playing. And some people really enjoyed it. I think some people would have just preferred to have a nice Shut quiet crossing really <laughs> you heard that thing happened in the rockets just last week no I only got told about it today it was like so the Welsh choir was over and they were staying at the rockets and the the Gallock thing up at uh, what was it uh, uh, Technicolor Dreamcoat Man oh yeah, um, yeah had just finished and they ended up up at the rockets as well and there was a, a sing off between oh, the wow, Welsh choir there, there is some YouTube Amazing. videos uh, yeah, Lydia Pugh is telling, just telling me about it today. And he was saying that, so the Welsh choir was there, like, giving it some beans, and then they'd stop, and then the uh, Gadot crew would give it a few songs from the musicals, and then, and then yeah, have a look at the videos. That's, that's quite great. cool, really. It's like, yeah. I quick checked out the videos. It's, <laughs> the Welsh choir was amazing. <laughs> I'm rather great. hoping that the Arson awesome James gig, we get maybe a couple of bands might choose to get a bit of choir support. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That could be fun. I think it'd be good to open up. We mentioned Colin Leach earlier. You oh, yeah. mentioned him regarding yeah. like risk and running the bar at the uh, St James Sound Festival Doing the in, thing, in yeah. o- October. And uh, I, I read with interest this weekend there yes. was a big article, a article in, the, yeah. in one of the local newspapers uh, <laughs> talking about the. Dif- I think they were celebrating ten years of or longer even. Uh, the press yeah. of going out, but particularly I think it was saying what it was like. 10 years ago mm, compared yeah. to now um, did anyone read that yep. yeah, yeah. Did, did we have any opinions about that at all it was interesting I, I recognised a lot of the bands in there and I was like oh yeah I remember that I remember those bands shows how vibrant the scene was I mean yeah, there's yeah, a there number was, of bands that were mentioned yeah. in there like it's just yeah. yeah there was a bit at the end of the article that I, I didn't know all these bands because I wasn't here by then missed um, out missed I missed out. out on all this <laughs> I was I was frogging about. So did I. I didn't. I you didn't see. I you was, were over. I was near ten years ago. I was living in UK. UK. Yeah. But at the end of the article, he was saying how it doesn't seem as vibrant um, on the music scene anymore. And really? I, I don't know. Maybe there were so many bands that were mentioned, and I think oh, it's, it, there's so many bands on the music scene at the moment. Yeah. I don't know where. Maybe it was more vibrant before. Maybe it's harder to get people out. I think the, the or, crowds were probably just bigger back then. Or is the crowds bigger? Yeah. Is that what they were saying then? There were just more I, people I'm, going I'm to sure. Or concentrated at the sure. events. Because if you really look at the the scene, the amount of music that goes on every weekend, I think mm. there's definitely something, at least one thing on in the weekend, if not yeah. easily five, six different events going on, I can think of. Um, yeah. I, there's, so, there's less big venues. Right? Back then there used to be a lot more sort of big venues or right. venues that would... Like host sort of large, slightly larger gigs like the bowl and and um, yeah it, it was and the general was, culture of people. Do you think yeah, people I, I, have I got? Think, is, there's numerous factors we've talked about before of how music, live music, is dying out, and I think it's coming back a lot more 
at the moment. I think we've kind of gone through this phase well, of... thanks to Guernsey Gigs, it is. Well, yes. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I think people are thanks to you, wanting to go back to going going out and seeing things. There's this whole sort of getting used to everything in your face on on through um, YouTube and, and well, Facebook and everything. Yeah. that You can stay at home, you can get everything, you can access it, yeah. which is incredible, but... You miss everyone, that connection with so other people after a while. There's only so much. And I think that it will always come back. There's just moments where it phases a little bit and not mm. so many people come out. But I don't know what we I, can do to sort of get more people out. I, I, I think everyone is um, so so sort of entertained at home that it's very difficult to pull them away from their screens. Pull so them it's all pull Netflix's them. fault, well, is that what you're saying? Not just that, I they, think they, also... Never, we never, um, music never used to have to compete to so much entertainment. Like there was like three channels. That's true. And there, and maybe the radio. You know, yes. there was there was very little at home to entertain yeah. you. Um, Monopoly, Scrabble, yeah, all the, board games, um, yeah. and and maybe like a Sega. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and you know it just uh, there, there Naked, wasn't that much. So, you, you know you, you play through your a you, stick and a hoop. But also culturally, yeah. If you look at it in a bigger in the full picture, marketing everything drives you. You're, you know, it was in the past about advertising, but you're a success. Mm. You go out, you go to parties. You look at old mm. advertising; it's about you having that martini in that wine bar or having that glass of wine. Yeah, everything about everything advertising was about, was about the house. out. You were successful if you were out with your friends yeah. and at dinner parties. Being seen. Now look at current marketing; it's about you. How big your television is? It's about that ready meal. It's about that consumption of being at home. And then obviously mm. with 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 drink driving laws, which yeah. have tightened yeah. up, and everything else. It's a lot easier to park yourself at home, eat two thousand yeah. calories, and watch something on Netflix <laughs> than like, it is like even with getting a taxi and getting out of town and getting yeah. all of this. You know, it it it, it, mm. it and the price of beer goes mm. up all the time, mm. and the wages don't go up, and it's killing not just the pubs but the venues. Oh, the pace right run. now. St James is going to maintain its low beer price. We oh, you heard it here. You heard yeah. it here. It is the death nail of an event. If you can, yeah. it's so difficult. I, we see. I work in a few pubs, and you really see how regulars, people that go all the time after work, sort of get together, and there's a sort of this community of people getting together at the end of the day. And there used to be this thing where people would find their work there and have a chat, and it's that relax that relaxing moment everyone getting together having a bit of a social after work and people can't afford to do that so people are going straight home sticking to themselves staying and it's it's very difficult i i see it in different ways and some people think it's a health issue but if someone's going to drink they're going to drink surely it's better for them to drink in good company with good music i think we're all aware of the health risks but we are sitting in front of a table of booze (laughs) (laughs) so so we we, it's difficult to compare the scene from 10 years ago in Guernsey to the scene Mm. now because it's not the same culture the the culture has shifted and i think we need to evolve with that we need to offer i mean one of the things i was trying to look at which hasn't been easy, and I hope I, I return to, so, to it, is if people come out, how do we get them home? Mm. You know, how, yeah. what, mm. what I should be offering, you know, I should be saying to CT, bus or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I've got 600 people tipping out of a venue at exactly 11 o'clock. Get home for All me. they want to get home, yeah. and they, you can earn money off this. And I had the conversation, well, with the shift, we can't, we run by the States of Guernsey, and that would have to be sanctioned by a committee. Da, da. It's just like, 600 people, whatever you want to charge them a night, three quid to get home. You know, really? Yeah. You, you, you can't get your head around that one? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, oh, no, you want to go to Ireland Coach Racing and start booking private... 
and then I've got to think about how I'm rooting it and all the rest mm. of it. Go back and try and find it because it would be nicer if both parts of a of a couple mm. could go it or you don't have that sort of 25 quid taxi fare hanging over you at the end of the night mm. it's a service Guernsey thing that is this old drive in the states of Guernsey government to be more joined up and, and thinking and uh, I've seen some real benefits for that I think mm. that, that there's been some real fruit that's been born from that ideology of people just Problem solving, being innovative, using technology to kind of um, solve problems. It, and I think that's a really good example. Well, hmm. transport, it's public transport and we want to encourage people to be out, to be safe. Yeah. yeah. And not to end up in A&E because of drink driving or well, fights or something like that. Yeah. And we all know who hasn't been on a night bus where it's just a laugh. Oh, night yeah. bus. <laughs> awesome. Great fun. After <laughs> yeah. a gig, after yeah. theatre. Everyone's in on the bus, mood, singing all the songs, and <laughs> do you know who I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to make it that people can come. They, they can get to us easy when they're yeah, sober and get home. And then, but if we can get them home, mm. I reckon you could you could get a lot more people out. Mm. Mm. And yeah. I do not. Oh, I'm going to get some shit for this. I do <laughs> not see why Guernsey taxis have to be so expensive I'm sorry yeah. I was in Jersey it's recently. the licences oh, no, 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 no. but even then it just doesn't cost that much money to run a car and you know we take a taxi two miles back from a place where we get a feed sometimes two miles and yeah, it's, but it does cost a lot to run a Mercedes Benz um, well Jesus all I ask for is a chauffeur and a fully stocked bar in the back you know so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. nine quid yeah. you know and, and but how can Jersey do it how could I get in a cab when we were in Jersey? I took a bigger? band that will remain unnamed to Jersey and we were getting a taxi back from the venue. Yeah. And it was four quid. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's the volume of people versus the distance and all that sort of stuff. I'm sure there's some complicated... Have you mass. got a family member who's a taxi driver? No, I absolutely... I, I have no, like, love or support. But, they, but like, pay they, off the licence holders and there, then make it an open reason, system. Right? There must be a reason why it's expensive. I think like, it's horrible as it might sound. I think it's it. historically... That that's the way it is. <laughs> but I think it's gonna. I mean, there as soon as we be, get Uber, it, we'll, we'll be fine. Oh gosh, <laughs> Uber. Uber. We got that. It's Facebook taxi, mm. <laughs> which has been stopped by the. the I love it. It's a lower Honda Civic with a really loud <laughs> exhaust. Last time I was in Jersey, that's what they had as well. It's like kids are driving around that night, and they go on. You can get a lift. Yeah, for dirt cheap yeah, or but, something. And but that, there's, there's a higher version of that, which is actually just people whose friends aren't drinking that night yeah, yeah. for whatever reason but, but, and but you they, see the Facebook shouts going anyone you know not not dodgy Facebook tactics just like can someone give me a ride home and then someone chips in and goes and then the, suddenly the Guernsey go, police have, have cracked down on that because they've seen that everyone was offering lifts and rides on Facebook and charging their mates for, for lifts and stuff and they've, they've said sorry you're not licensed you can't make your, your friends mm. pay for it so mm. um, so they don't yeah but yeah. then when they get out of the car they go oh, I owe you that four quid some people got around it by having sweets in the back of their car and ah, selling, them, selling them some sweets nice yeah. interesting yeah. 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 we're always not giving advice here the <laughs> not giving advice always finding a way around <laughs> yeah. we go back to that yeah. we're back on sherbet again yeah. <laughs> well you had just left the room Graham Graham is hankering for some sherbet <laughs> what were you doing in the toilets <laughs> not sherbet <laughs> Downing a packet of sugar. So you, you, you said this thing's about music, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, quite no, 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 it's, it's about boring. getting under the surface uh, of music, mm. you know, getting behind mm. the, the scenes of what's happening. and Yeah. yeah. So, so we don't think the scenes changed um, 
It's changed, I think, but it's it's different, isn't it? It's there's just there's a yeah. there's a new there's quite a few people on the scene at the moment who are doing a lot of things, and we've got some interesting bands and and locals who are, who are over in England doing stuff. Um, thinking of um, RJ and uh, Joe Corbin, Empires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Robin Showell, yeah. Muramasa. Like we got, it's it's been really good. We got so many people going away, and we've got. It's it's a whole new scene. It's a whole new world. I think people are recording more. So people are recording. Going, yeah, it's a lot it's more different. Home, going on. People mm. are putting out. You don't albums. have to go out to see to hear your favorite brand. You can listen to them at home. Everyone's yeah. got <laughs> to evolve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as we true. said before, like the way the venues have got to develop and and and, and become get with the times. Mm. Like businesses are having to do the same thing, and and really music has to do it. Uh, music evolves naturally all the time, but, but I think the got, business itself takes time for people to sort of. But I think we've got mm-hmm. get I've, to grips with that, and you've yeah, got to stay on, yeah. in front, really, with it. Mm-hmm. I do feel we're mm-hmm. on an upstroke now. I do. Yeah. I think because look, H and B have commit, committed to sell local musicians' music for free. Yeah, they're going to sell local festival tickets for free. It's great. They're going to promote everything. You know, that's coming on straight. That's now. something we need to. They, uh, they, we need to get uh, on and talk do that. to the to the bands and get that sort of that. And, yeah. and you know, you've we've got new ve- we've got the you know what your Guernsey gigs are doing the sounds development you know now we've got the lunatic in charge of St James you know it's sort <laughs> of it, right now I think the ingredients are coming together to get this resurgence to get yeah. I think it should be more mm. if you do a straw pot if you go through the list of active bands on the island yeah. of contemporary music sort of amplified <clears throat> music I don't know the acoustic side of it so much um there's over 40 bands writing music right now. No, no, no. We've, we've got a, um, a you spreadsheet. You have, of course. Yeah, we've got, yeah. Yeah. And not even everyone is on there. No, not there's even 130 everyone. active yeah, yeah. bands on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like 64,000 people. I mean, if you then take 9,000 of those are in education, <laughs> and yeah. about 7,500, 8,000 are up to and above, you, you, you've, you're down to the sort of 40, 35,000 people in the middle who are doing who can support 130 bands? Yeah. You know, that's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And and the, the, an enormous acoustic folk scene that, that yeah, that's is a really very, strong, very strong. And it's building more and more. And more the people, people who do go to. out, you know, the likes of the Rex and Buffer Huddlestons who have taken people out who may have just been going to the sort of tribute band gigs in the past, mm. but have taken them into an environment where it's original music and they've had the same mad good time with, you know, mm. and, and enjoyed themselves. That's an audience who want more. You know, yeah. they, they, they've experienced that. That there is, you will never get away from how much fun it is to enjoy live music to, with your mates. They're, they're, yeah. That's the core of it all. And if you, if that's all we attempt to deliver to people, is the is the absolute crack of just standing in front of a band that makes a really loud noise and having yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. That's there's it. something special about getting that, as we were talking about earlier, educating people to go out to events. And I always have this example of of some Swiss friends that. One day, they've just moved over to the island and randomly came to one of my gigs just by chance because it was something that was going on in town and really enjoyed the live music scene and then started looking at, found out that there was more things going on as we got talking to them. I said, well, you should come to here and the tab's mm-hmm. open. There's these great bands on here. And suddenly, they're at every event. Mm-hmm. They're going out. They, they do it less now because one of them had a, had a kid and the other couple have had to move back to Switzerland. And They've gone back to Switzerland and they're going... We try every weekend to go and find live music, and there's so much less that we have to come back on holiday <laughs> and fill up on music when we're over here as much as possible. So we never we used to play like one of the plays and used to be in a band and, and did bits and bobs there here and there, mm. but never like this religious kind of Friday Saturday night. We're not going if we're going out, 
we're going to somewhere where there's live music. Um, if there's nothing on, then we might go somewhere else, but it's where the music is first and they just love it and support mm. it. And, and it was an eye opener for them and they miss it so much. And it's incredible. It's because they managed to put that first foot through the door mm-hmm. just by chance and enjoyed so it and saw they, that they scene. They came to see you first. They came to see me first, but I don't think that had anything to do with it. got better after that, then. (laughs) I I did actually play at their wedding, so maybe. They were put off by that. Set their dice to find something better. So I've got a call or not call for this episode. Right, so we're talking about sort of the changing music scene and... Hang on, are we going to do the jingle for call or not? Uh, All right, go on then. Go on then, Graham. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna have to do a jingle for that. Listeners, you yeah. should only have seen what you're Jesus, that was. That was. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave like a big, big space there, and like people will have no idea what just happened. Anyway, um, so we're talking about the changing music scene and like uh, what's different. I think uh, something that, that is is quite different actually at the gigs is people have phones and they can video and live stream and uh, record and spend all their time sort of pointing their camera at the band or at people in the crowd and I feel like people can't let like you're saying there's nothing better than letting loose and watching a band Mm. but when you're being monitored and when you're being seen by the people it's a big surprise at sound you don't see it well that's weird uh, I mean when you say it I'm suddenly thinking back through no it doesn't happen that's amazing Uh, but but you yeah, amazingly so, lucky enough scored some of those tickets to the garage to watch Jack White a yeah weeks ago. Well, this is what I'm, I, I want to bring up and she was there at the bagging moment yeah but they didn't even take their phones and um, so her, her feedback and Annie yeah. who was there said it was brilliant yeah no phones amazing no phones yeah everybody just there was nothing they could do there was nothing they could hold up there was yeah, no yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss this I'm going to miss that yeah And so, and, so the whole cool not cool thing if people hadn't guessed was um, the the whole uh, Jack White has recently and a few other bands have recently banned mobile phones at concerts so that you are very present and enjoying the music and is that cool or not cool? Ooh, Ooh. It's, it's interesting I, I can't stand it when I go and see a gig and there's someone watching the gig through their phone mm. it drives me out the wall so badly it's like just enjoy the gig and it's probably being recorded anyway mm. so you could watch a good Absolutely, and it's not like their recording is going to be a good quality. It's going to oh, be shaky. Horrible. It's going to have the people next to them wheezing because they're asthmatic or farting because they're flatulent. And even if they're First-hand not, experience. Because, because I think a lot of people say, "Well, they're not actually." I'm not actually watching the gig through my phone. I'm still watching the gig. I'm just holding my phone up. But mm. I would say that. But there's still part of your brain which is thinking yeah. about the yeah. fact that you're monitoring. Yeah, and it's in my face yeah. when I'm trying to watch. <laughs> yeah, you've got all these yeah. Okay, like, I want to, like, swap them. There was that great, I think it was the Ramones that mm. had the iPhone swatters, like, get a, get a vinyl on the end of a drumstick and just swat it out of people's <laughs> hands. So I, I've got a slightly, as someone who does film gigs... I've got a slightly... Yeah, but professionally, let's see... Oh. No, 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 there is no difference no, between filming professionally and... Oh, you don't think so? No, no. If, if, if someone enjoys a gig by recording it, and if that's how they feel like they get the best yeah. out of that experience, who, are you, who is well, someone to say... if it doesn't impede someone else's enjoyment. Yeah, it, it, but, but if you... If but, it, but I also... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Oh. I, I was recently... Uh, I took my little sister to go see her first gig, which was Fall Out Boy in uh, in um, Birmingham kudos was that uh, your choice <laughs> no but she, she had a whale of a time um, but I witnessed someone holding their phone up uh, filming the band who had a nice long sort of arm stretch 
And the, the little girl who was stood behind him, who couldn't see a bloody thing because everyone else was like twice her height, was just st- uh, stood there just looking at the phone. So your argument is it's a public service? Yeah. For, oh, for, for, for the short people out there. That's repping, repping tenuous, the short people. Like, tenuous. No, yeah, that's a really good point. But, yeah, like, for the yeah. short people, who, she, her gig experience would have been the back of someone's neck, no, basically. Yeah. And, and, and she, got to, she got to actually but see the band and enjoy it. But if it was her doing it for herself. But like, they, they have big screens up there for people to look at. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like just because you're looking at someone's screen doesn't mean you're not present and enjoying mm. it. I think it's probably the, just this whole true. raft of screens at the mm. front of us a gig. Yeah. But actually, I, I they're, they're precious. That, I they're not jumping why. around. They're not getting into it that yeah. way. They're, they've got their 500 quid phone exactly, standing yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, if you, if you, you know, moments for helping people who want to see it or yeah, it's a, I, I think a professional. Yeah, there's, there's a different vibe for each thing. Like, had, we had this argument before with him um, and when it was, I was, I was very adamant about it really annoying me and I think he was to a certain extent, but we started discussing and getting into the whole idea and he was like, but at the same time, when you're a new band and you've got someone that's recorded a bit of your show or that's standing there and giving a live and suddenly their friends are seeing it and seeing how cool the area is Mm, as well. Yeah, true. It invites them in to go to the next. And so it's kind of free advertising at the same time. So there's a counterpoint there where it is kind of interesting. I think it's just that continuous filming, annoying, I used to go to a pub in France where between five and six thirty, you had to, you weren't allowed on your phone. It had to be kept in a bucket. Oh my god! And if you wanted to take a phone call, you had to leave the bar, wow. so you weren't allowed inside talking in phone. Because there's nothing more annoying than That's someone like as well when you're all having a conversation around the table and someone having a drink. End of day, it's you meant to like chill out. That's your time. You go to the bar. That's have a, a nice conversation, gag, isn't it? Yeah. I want the phone! <laughs> and they're sitting there and they're talking really loudly or talking texting whilst you're trying to talk to them. So it was just, they just put in a rule and people loved it. It was like between 5 and 6.30, you're not allowed your phone on you. If you really need to make a call, you go outside. You don't disturb everyone because there's nothing more annoying. Everyone's having a conversation and someone's in the middle going, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah not bad. Not- go outside. <laughs> but come- I'm think- trying to enjoy the evening. Get out. <laughs> But culturally, I think it's changing because yeah. there's so much comedy that takes piss out of people on the phones. There's mm. so much that so people know. Everybody knows. The mm. kids know. I mean, I give my kids constant yeah, yeah. crap out. One, it's stupid. Stop it. No, you yeah, know, like yeah. that. And, and everyone knows deep down. And yeah, I find yeah. myself consciously attempting not yeah. to yeah, go yeah. near the phone. There are times for the phone. There's times not for the phone. I find it difficult, especially when you're organising things. Even then, I'm trying to like engage with people, but there's moments where you're texting bands who still haven't turned up and the men will be on in 10 minutes and things. <laughs> but I'm around and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be on my phone at the moment. Like, I feel really rude because someone's trying to have a conversation with me, but I've yeah. got to get the... Yeah. And it's understandable Everything in that circumstance, yeah. but it's still, it should be... There are people out there who don't understand that. I mean, working in pubs, you can see them. There's nothing more annoying than trying to get someone to pay while someone's waiting mm. and they're swanning around on their phone waiting. <laughs> oh, well, they might be transferring happen. funds. Yeah, uh, to make. I don't <laughs> care. Pay for, I don't care. Do it before you drink. order, mate. <laughs> um, That's so one thing. And the second get thing is phones. He's like, <laughs> a grown man checking out his looks in the mirror Sucking in front of a whole. No, go what? to the bathroom and do it <laughs> on, the phone, on his phone, giving it all, pulling back his hair, sort of smooching. Go in the toilet and do it if you need He's to dress up. Don't do it in front of everybody else. Maybe it's a bit old-fashioned, but yeah. that's not what men do. And stop drinking Malibu and milk. <laughs> stop drinking what? Malibu? Sorry, Malibu? Malibu and milk, yeah, big thing over really? here. Wow. Yeah, Malibu yeah. and milk. 
I've refused a couple okay, of people. So we're going to try that. Been out often. Refused. I said, if you're not under Hang 21, on. you shouldn't we're, be drinking we're it. We're not coming across very tolerant. Right <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. I, I, I think we should try that on the next podcast. You should bring Malibu. No, stop, never, no, no. Have a beer. So back to the original topic. Um, for professional photographers, when they're in the photography pit, they have a limit normally of three songs mm. and then off. And yeah. then you've, you've got to get your shots and get out, basically. Okay. So maybe that could be an interesting rule to apply to mobile phones. There was a, mm. there was okay. a technology. Difficult to enforce. No. There's a sort of understood agreement yeah, between sure. the audience. And, yeah, just put it out. Yeah. But it's not. Last year, there was a, a big boat pulled up in here, which was um, owned by uh, a Russian oligarch. Mm-hmm. And on that boat had a certain technology that is an anti-photography technology. Wow! And it's a set of lasers, and they can tell when a flash goes off. And a fraction of a second after the flash limits, it fires a laser straight down the lens of whatever the Good where the gosh. flash is attached to or near. Uh, I've, I've it, had that at gigs. That's not fun. No, and it's an anti anti photography long range photography. But it only works if you're using. A flash. I think it's probably quite expensive mm. because it was on this oligarch's yacht. It also had a submarine that exited from below <laughs> and a surface to air missiles. Oh but <laughs> but you know down the line technology gets cheaper. Yeah, yeah. use your phones now. <laughs> Next song we're gonna come up if you use it. <laughs> Do you think with our nine euro fifty Guernsey gigs budget we can? <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got about. We need the boat. We've got about £9.50, 20 quid in the Guernsey Gigs kit. Just park the boat behind the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you only doing it to mess with Elliot. I, <laughs> iPhone swatters cost you nothing. Yeah. Broken drumstick and a vinyl. <laughs> I think paintball gun. I mean, just... <laughs> no, yeah. We're, yeah, again, the tolerant Guernsey Gigs coming across yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I think that, that might just be the strongbow. I don't know what's down to me. Oh, he's got a wrongbow on us. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's getting angsty. Yeah. Well, I think it's because I have a long stellar, It will go wrong. <laughs> the <laughs> thing I like about Call or Not Call, it's not, we're never going to get never, a UA defensive. It's about bringing up both, both sides of mm. uh, the argument, I think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and certainly... Some I, of them are more I, I think we've got to go with. I think we've got to go with, well, if that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah. It's fine, actually. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, it might, but just know that it's, it can be contentious. It can annoy people. A yeah. Bit, you if know, you're waving your phone in front of someone else's face, yeah. stop doing that. Yeah. Well, yeah consider- be con- due consideration. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. if there's a little person behind you, you're probably doing them a service. <laughs> get, get the iPad out no, so they I can see it better. No, periscopes. <laughs> periscopes. Those cardboard periscopes. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> if you go to a gig with someone who's four foot tall, you're taking a periscope. Yeah. Yeah. Or there'll be nothing more <laughs> condescending <laughs> than passing a periscope to a tiny person as they Ooh. walk into a gig. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, that's now, not condescending. Guernsey Gigs periscopes. <laughs> I'm saying sound periscopes. It's not condescending. It's not condescending. You know, you wanted to sing the earplugs as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah. There was, there was an artist. There was an artist that did a, a party that was called the, uh, it was the same height party. And as you entered the room, everyone was given a pair of shoes. No. To, to make you the exact same height. So you could like, all be on the same level as each other. That is well, amazing. Maybe they should have that at gigs. So you can all see as, as, as we get to the end yeah, of the like phone platform <laughs> shoes. Okay, as we get to the end of the phone yeah. debate, I, w- I will return to my wonderful sound audience where the filming doesn't take place. Yeah. 
we have the best mosh pits going on. Yeah, and awesome. the best circle pits. Yeah, I've they seen at a sound event they've more energy than I've seen at a lot of gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, for that, sure. and, and they, they, it's not very occasionally they've had the phones out. A little do, bit do you think that's because gigs, their parents have the bought them? The, that's why. Do, do you think it's because their parents have bought them the phone? They don't understand the value of it, so they're not so worried about breaking it. <laughs> oh, no. I think they're, they're too busy jumping around. <laughs> no, I've got another call. Or not cool, and that's a bootlegging. Oh, bootlegging, which is something that obviously you know, back uh, in that the kind of goes dirty. back to the recording on cassettes. Phones, yeah, really. cassettes. People used to you know make illegal copies of mm. kind of like bands were playing. And, and, and I like the way you explain it. Do you think our audience is that young? I, I think, well, I think as you hopefully demonstrated, you said that there are some. Quite yeah. Young. So yeah, so so bootlegging used to take place with cassettes and stuff. But it doesn't happen so much nowadays. But good. Because people can either use their phone to kind of access everything, messages. Mm. But do we think that's a a cool or not cool thing? Wow, it it used to be cool, like back in the day. Like it it used Mm. to like to be able to go, you know, you you bought the band's album and then to be able to listen to them on a recording of a specific gig. That's a really good archive. So not cool for the band though, because they're not making any money. It's up to the band if they want to record that. And release that as a but like loads of bootlegging. Then it wasn't it I, wasn't the band. I think we've got to a stage now as well with most bands where people understand that it, it's almost better to have your music there and accessible, hmm. and to educate people to understand that if you want more of that music or to, or to that music to happen and that band to actually survive, you've got to purchase it. And it's the same thing as like a lot of um, artists and a lot of uh, friends who. Are, full-time musicians or part-time musicians have done now is they've, they've released everything for free. So anyone can get it. Anyone can access it and at a good quality. And then they sell the physical copies on the side. They Tickets sell for, everything. Yeah, and and you, can, you can make money from it. And people will go... People would donate. It's like like the whole. Um, I can't remember. Was it Radiohead? Radiohead Radio yeah. did it. And I think when the figures came out at the end, they did more money per download than they would have been because they were allowed to like because people made a donation I mean that's Radiohead which anyone would pay for that (laughs) but the people felt like it was worth it and it's there and okay you kind of feel more guilty about it it's kind of that it's the same thing going back to like enforcing and making people (laughs) do something and some people obviously got it and I'd rather someone that um, that really can't afford it still be able to have it yeah and then the first person that can afford more then they'll pay for it yeah. and it's, it's, it all works out kind and of. it's kind of a nice way of doing it and stuff. you know you don't go to the album and you and you go oh, I don't think I, albums I really, like, really make you the oh, yeah, money anymore but, but at you, all you download the, that band's yeah. album and, and you go oh, I can't afford it but I listen to it and then you become like absolutely a massive fan and then you want to go to their show you want to buy their t-shirts you want to well, you know, I mean, I mean, support them in any way you can the younger audience can get it all on Spotify if they choose most of them have got accounts mm-hmm. But they still go and buy the CDs. They still buy the mm. CDs, the physical mm. copy. And then we've got the resurgence of vinyl back yeah, that up huge. as well. I mean, albeit however fashionable that may or may not hang around, but the concept of buying a recorded piece of music. Yeah. I think bootlegs have value, value yeah. in some way where <clears throat> events take place and within the rave scene it was prevalent where things happen. Mm. You know, it may be in a live music where someone comes on stage. This is not recorded anywhere else. This is something that happens in the heat of the moment. And those bootlegs are the only record of that amazing moment in yeah, time. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Or with with the rave culture, it was, you know, certain 
because back then the, the decent DJs would move with the mood of the audience and that would be, it would, you know, wasn't pre-prescribed and it would evolve through the whole night. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes there's those magical mixes, which I still own. And uh, the, the just, you know, even if you weren't there, you can sense, wow, what a night. That yeah, 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 was yeah. a beamer. And I think and in that respect, there's, they're, they're a document for the future. Mm. I'm very moody because mm. someone lent out one of my, I've got some recordings when I lived in New Orleans, there's a um, preservation hall which is where all the some of the touring musicians would tip into. It's just a, a government-owned room with wooden benches, and you bring your own beer, and there's a stage and a handful of instruments. And if you were lucky, some someone who was in New Orleans for the night gigging would turn up there at one o'clock in the morning and get on oh, stage, wow. and they'd all jam together, and they'd jam till three, four o'clock in the morning. Awesome. If you had nowhere to sleep like I didn't, <laughs> you'd regularly end up there, and there was a guy at the back with a with a tape recorder, two-button recording, really <laughs> crappy recordings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I managed to get two or three of these, and... and um, it was, you know, they're a document of a time yeah. that was never going to be recorded. Yeah, exactly. What some a great of it was, record. Some of it's absolutely appalling. Some of it's really, really amazing sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. And, and like, if the band wanted to make money off that, they could record it themselves properly yeah. and, and sell that. But, like, the fact that people have gone and made a record of that, it's like a piece of archival sort of thing. You can go yeah. back and re-experience it, and it's, it's a nice sort of... Thing to have as a document. I mean, maybe I miss those days selling when... it is probably quite questionable because the technology but... now is, it really lends itself. Yeah, you've to, got to that. You can take sound thousands straight of people. from the desk. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but also mm. you've all got that. Like we were saying before, you've got thousands of people in the audience holding up their phones doing it. Oh yeah, sure. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. live streaming it and Be showing quite... their mates. And, we mm-hmm. talked about the promotion, um, isn't it? How we should do a uh, music video with just loads of people from different people sending in bits of different shows from their phone being recorded and yeah. do a whole thing around that. I think yeah, it'd be quite yeah. an interesting... Uh, like a compilation. A compilation yeah, of, yeah. of different what, phone videos. Of, of different acts or... Um, or, or one doing act. one video, if they, come to, if they come to the act, like get all the footage off the oh, people and see if you can do something with it because there's definitely moments that you, you've missed or that could be in there that could be interesting Yeah, uh, but that's not enticing people to start like all <clears throat> filming all the time because that would be really annoying <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, you've got to also combat the, does not endorse <laughs> <laughs> you've also got to combat the, the vertical filming because that would make an awful Ah, uh, there's an editor's yeah. voice in yeah. the room <laughs> but maybe that would be part of it because it would be like a piece of modern art uh, maybe <laughs> we can we can, we can win awards for this. Sorry, what do you mean by vertical filming? Holding your phone upright instead of landscape. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. editor's nightmare. Yeah, going from like if you want to do your whole video in in, in portrait, then do it. But okay. going from like landscape to portrait to landscape, what is, it's yeah, going to look okay. during the video. Every time it went in portrait, you just put portrait really big on the screen. You just had to rotate your and phone. It would just be that. <laughs> <laughs> your screen. Every yeah. <laughs> Yeah, only only watchable on your phone. Mm. <laughs> okay, so we're coming to the end. Mm. Yeah, mm. Uh, and only because we've run out of uh, drinks on the table, we've got <laughs> no more drinks left. Absolutely there's, there's none. Like... Um, no. So, w- w- what's your best hopes? Do you think, John, for the Guernsey music scene over the next five years? Ah. Mm. <laughs> uh, and not just, just for your projects, but for the whole of the just, Guernsey gig scene, sort just, of thing. Just, just the audience. The punters actually starting starting to 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 watch what we're doing and, and saying, come out there. I think what would be really nice to have is over a period of a year or two, people started to trust that maybe they don't recognise the band name, but they wouldn't be being put on if they weren't right. And that you start trusting a venue or you start mm. trusting an organisation to to produce. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge, the record label. Yeah, I'm not a huge classical music fan, but I hear stuff and it really moves you sometimes. I love the concept that people get used to coming to St. James or they're used to coming to, to an event or, or folk music, with, you know. Mm. And, they're, they're, and I go, do you know what? If they've put it on... You trust the curator. Exactly. Mm. And, and it, I mean, I, a lot of my audience would never have gone to, to say, the Welsh Voice Choir or the Talis gig that was last week. And I sat in on those and so, it was amazing. Mm. And why would someone not respect music that's played fantastically well, that sounds insanely good? And particularly in a in a in a in a, in a great venue or in an auditorium or something like that where it's out, where it really chimes, you know, mm. and and um, so that's what I like, you know, the concept of the gigging culture coming back that you go out, you get some food, you have a drink, you watch a bunch of bands, mm. and you you know you get home at night and you, the next day you sort of feel like you've had a good time, and then on top of that, then introducing people to new music. So instead of going from going to to have to lure them into the the premises with a band name they know. Yeah. So getting them into the venue because well we're going out you know it's yeah. second Friday in the month or whatever mm. we're going out to such and such a venue we're going to see what they got on tonight and, yeah, yeah. and having that like you sh- like you do in a, in a lot of gig environments where you see one band you like you might not like the other one so much you know, that sort of thing that's where I'd like it to get to okay mm-hmm. so we have yeah. that vibrant that's, that's why a lot of smaller festivals are great because you just turn up to these little festivals and you know that they've put these bands on for a reason because mm. they the organisers think the, the bands are great and you, you might not necessarily know any of them but you turn up and you just experience some amazing mm. bands oh and, nice surprise and, and, and it's just it's just full of great surprises throughout the whole day the you know? best live mm. music experience Annie and I mm. ever 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 had and we've from all I mean we do 20 festivals a year we've seen everyone from Bowie to Rage to public everybody it mm. t- took all those off but their best one was wandering away from the main stage heading back for the camping Past the stage that I didn't in a tent, I am and it was they were just starting the New York and Soul album. I know if you've ever heard that, it's just this amazing mm-hmm. New York and Soul, and it's about N U Y, and it's got Jill Scott. It's got just the most amazing um, Southern American Latin wow. insanity, just <clears throat> awesome, awesome, but with this New York feel about I didn't I don't know even now I don't know much about it mm-hmm. but there was an album came out and they played it and, I, and we bumped into the album somewhere we'd heard it and we walked past and heard, oh Black Black Sun yeah, hold on a second I know that one and, and then we went in and, and it was transfixed for an hour as they played this these phenomenally gifted musicians taking this stage and playing amazing music and mm-hmm. divas you know yeah. huge women who, who didn't need a PA system who <laughs> shuddered inside your bones you know feel mm-hmm. that sensation and you walk away from that just feeling entirely uplifted, like, yeah. wow, I, I had, mm. I would never have put that on the list of bands I wanted to catch sure. today, yeah. and that was the single most amazing thing I've heard for so yeah. long. You know. wow. So there's that That's special amazing. feeling of, you can go out at the end of the week on a Friday or a Saturday night to the pub and play some tunes, go home, it's all the same thing, but there's nothing, putting that little bit of effort, which is sometimes hard because it's, it's easy to stay home and it's easy to, to not do it, but that, little bit of effort and you go to that event you come out of there and you feel oh that was so good that you re- was worth it every second yeah, yeah. of it was worth- mm-hmm. it was just special it felt like I did something different you got it, it separates you from the everyday life the everyday work and mm-hmm. the house and everything that's going on it takes you away for a few hours which you can feel in, in uh, doing other things as well but it, it's such a yeah, it's a special thing. It's, well, it's the tales of the unexpected, isn't it? It's, mm. it's the things that you do that you don't expect to yeah. do. But so you, you 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 were walking away from these big shows and you know mm. fantastic lighting rigs that are you know yeah. big theatrical kind of stuff, 
you didn't expect to just pop into a little side tent and it's just be wowed. It, it, it was been doing it for, uh, for years. It was so it's unexpected yeah. that we walked. We said that's enough and went back to our our <laughs> motorhome. I'm full. And, and, and Miss Bowie on the main stage. Wow. <laughs> but we heard him because we the, lucky enough the caravan car was just behind the main stage. But but I just like, yeah, blah, blah, I, I have to down. say that there is, it, it, it's rare that, I think there are very few bands that I have planned to go see at a festival that are the big acts that have mm. like floored me as much as some of the small ones that you just discover. Oh, yeah. Like, I think you put a lot of like, anticipation and a lot of sort of like build up into seeing a big band mm. and then when you go see them you're like oh well they played the songs it was good mm. and, uh, and then you discover this small little band that you had no idea about and they just blow your mind because oh, yeah. you're like whoa that, where did that come mm. from that's absolutely amazing that's- and how they how, how the band is and this mm. is something you'll never get on a record nothing else is how yeah. they the presence how they yeah. resolve and how they work with their audience and how they I mean like the radio headset from the last Glastonbury was an education at any band of how you behave with an audience the way, even though they're so massive, they could have just played the hits and wiped it all off. But they didn't. They watched what they evolved what they were doing. They they talked to the audience. They they <clears> took <throat> them on a journey. It was a mate with old stuff, new stuff. I had an amazing gig, um, big chill when it was still at Lama Tree Gardens, only a couple of thousand people. And Roots Maneuver came down and he just played Manchester in a car all night, wah, all the way down to the West Country, turned up on stage, on stage, MC Roots Maneuver, da da, and there's quite a cultured audience at Big Chill they were sitting around reading their observers and lying in deck chairs it's yeah. Sunday morning 11.30 what's all this shouting about and to his credit he got sort of two thirds of the way through the first song and he said whoa 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 and he shut it all down he goes this is right it's not working he goes you know I'm tired it's yeah. alright I get it so he said right and they all came and sat along the front of the stage <laughs> and he chucked something out into the audience for someone to make something for him to just hand it back to him and he played this almost a cappella Roots Maneuver set. Oh, awesome. And it was the making of a, you know, there's obviously, that's why he's still phenomenally popular and this amazing yeah. musician. Mm, you know? yeah, yeah. But it was, that was, he said, what, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah I got this. Yeah, and he yeah. did the most beautiful Sunday morning way to wake up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and that's, you only in live music, yeah, are you yeah. ever going to have those moments that you That remember. special moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I purposely don't look at the lineup a lot of the time. I like to arrive. I know it's going to be a good event because you've heard it through other people at a festival or something. And you trust the curator. And mm. oh yeah, I trust or, the people that I hear going around talking about, or oh, have you gone to see this? Or like listen out to people running by going, oh no, I've got to go because there's this amazing, and just turn up. And some of the bands you know, and, they, and it's, it's great you turn up, but there's that one that you don't know about, you're here. Or I love that experience of just rocking up and going, yeah. Who the fuck is that? Valence is so good. Valence very, very good at that. Dynamic, yeah. whatever yeah. that band mm. that played I, all the I cover. Remember, I remember uh, mm. going to to it one year, and I, again, I try not to like pay too much attention to what the lineup is because I know there's going to be good music there. Um, I remember turning up. I was doing some filming, and all of a sudden, I heard a song I, I remember. And I was like, "Where's that? I, is that a local band? I, I don't." I, and then I, I realised that. It was the Delegators, and I, I've been a massive fan of the Delegators <laughs> for ages. Had no idea that they were playing, and I just sort of like was wandering past the main stage. I was like, "Holy fuck, man, that's the Delegators!" Like, like if I'd known they were playing, I'd have been there from the start, and I'd been like really excited and built it up. But like discovering it like that, it's so much more enjoyment. For I that. think also there's a way of if you know the bands that you're going to go and see, and you look at it, and yeah. suddenly you're like. I've got to be there for this time. I've got. It's a lot of pressure. You can be suddenly turn up, find something amazing, mm. and then you miss out on that show mm. because you're waiting for the other one that's going to start up. And it might not be as good. It might be amazing. I mean, it might be ten times better. 
but it just takes away all that pressure. That's what it's all about. Like being that festival being environment, everything that goes with it, it's all about release from everything else. And so if you are so chilled and you make it even more chilled by the fact that you're not expected to be anywhere for a certain mm. time. I mean, it's yeah. very difficult when you're organizing stuff. <laughs> but when, but you when you're not anywhere. doing it, you just, you just rock up and yeah. see what's happening. It yeah. doesn't matter. And then you can just, if it sounds good, stick around yeah, it's, it's, and it's enjoy present, it. And then you miss out, but there's other opportunities and it mm. might not happen, but you could still, you know, people would have recorded it on their phones, so you could always go back to it. <laughs> I think we must give an honorable mention to, to, to Andre de Cartre and what he did with the get down at the time. Because mm. if he, he gave whoever could have been asked to go up there and there was a woefully few people who did it, the most insane experience at the tavern with people like Charlie Tuna and Farside and Black yeah, Bands at Blacklist the, is the yeah. shit. I mean, like, come on, Jurassic Five yeah. music playing live in the tavern. I, know, I mean, what insane. the hell? It's insane. To me, they're, they're real high points, in, and, and I know it cost him dear, but yeah, yeah. I, I think it. You know, wow, to have that here. Mm. So many people missed out on that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah, I, I missed out. <laughs> and really, because yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. he took I, as a fellow promoter, he took it on the chin. And I did saw it. him and, uh, in the Thomas Delarue on Friday, he popped in before the Vela. Oh, the deep, I saw uh, the disco and uh, bless him. He, he's, he's Mr. Vinyl. So, yeah. and he's, weighed down by these various boxes he said, for a 15 joking, minute set popped in no 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 no. he was he was playing at hook I think and uh, oh, okay. so yeah but he just popped in to say hi sort of thing but like carrying all these boxes I was thinking that's dedication yeah. that's like a drum yeah. and carts a drum kit around to different gigs and, yeah we all know drums it's about the efforts that people put in as bassists have to carry amps too come on he's so good that he will be playing the Rex album launch. Working in a plug. We're all looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's whenever that is. He's such a several years. His name comes up all the time when you think of like amazing, like good DJs and someone that really puts who's special. Like one of those names that comes out and a great guy so you know if you're gonna go to a night that he's DJing you're gonna enjoy the music yeah you, yeah. you can trust in his choice but I think it's that great on Jersey that we've got people like Andre we've got people like Mark Hellier you know, Flexi who, who, we've got people who who will go that extra effort not to just phone in who actually do the research and do the time and yeah, do the, yeah. and, mm. and find those crazy mixes and those interesting bits of music and introduce you to stuff that you just go well, what the hell yeah. was that yeah the Thomas the Tank remixes maybe <laughs> <laughs> that was like Darren when we played Your Birthday and yeah Darren's great there was yeah. all these bands on at the Golden Lion and Darren who's now in Cornwall yeah. um but who's been helped Tantau find gigs yeah. and over there and uh, was there's someone Black Alaska right Black Alaska Tantau played Buffalo Huddleston mm. played down there mm. and he's sort of like so bringing these Guernsey bands over and he's great and I remember all night like listening to some of these tunes going, and people are shazamming all the time yeah, yeah. Find, what is this tune I've never heard this tune ever <laughs> and it's amazing it opened oh, yeah. up a whole I've got a list of things mm. that I haven't even got a quarter of the way through but that I like, need to discover. That's like six music. I don't know if you guys listen to BBC Six Music. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, you only need to listen to one Keris Matthews or one Iggy Pop on a Friday night and it's like, oh my God, i got like 20 bands i got to find now. I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Total bust. Yeah. You can never get through them all. And I'm constantly thinking, oh, I mean, the Huey show on a Saturday morning from 10 o'clock is outstanding. I mean, 
let's you know whatever deity you you you, you support bless that bloody channel for bringing <laughs> yeah. To us, yeah I find that um, through the summer and through the year I, I just September mid-September till October I take that time to actually listen to all the CDs and these bands that I accumulate because it seems to be after the sort of touring season mm-hmm. and all the gigs and all the summer and everything I don't, never have time and you accumulate these CDs from from bands that you've listened to so about mid-September it's like everything's calmed down and I actually get the time to listen to everything so for <laughs> a month it's just like whoa what is all this yeah. and you can tell through the years what you've accumulated because it inspires the music you're writing for oh, the year after yeah. and it's that that month and yeah I don't sort of listen to it all year round there's moments where I find it very difficult or I don't know if you find that being like too much in, influence from different bands suddenly makes it very difficult to uh, to write tunes or something because mm. you're always going in different directions because sometimes you just got to concentrate mm-hmm. but then that having that moment where it's unravelling all the CDs that you've collected <laughs> over <laughs> that's a big pile of them three musicians in the room nodding their heads one bloke sitting here going what the well, hell <laughs> we've got two bass players and a drummer so <clears throat> technically one <laughs> <laughs> thank you that's very kind of you oh the gloves are coming out it's, it's the strong man I don't know what it's got in it he's got a really aggravated Festival fighty about him. It's <laughs> a Sunday, man. I need a break. I need a holiday, man. Yeah. The dirts. Let's ask you, how's that CD compilation CD? Well, we've got about 17 people who've said that they want to donate a song. Excellent. Um, for this out of the box album, which is going to be raising funds for Guernsey Mind, which is the local local mental health charity, and also to raise awareness about mental health issues in the Bailwick of Guernsey and wider. Hopefully, so it's about inviting people to uh, contribute a song for this compilation album. Um, but we're always looking for more. Uh, Apocalypse Studios have said that they'll donate some time, both for the the collation of the album, but also maybe offering some studio time if people are not used to recording uh, mm. or they've only done a very basic kind of version of their um Mikey's song. brilliant yeah, it's really yeah. really good I, yeah, I mean Mikey what, what a fantastic really thing they're doing on there very approachable so they're going to put the whole thing together so um the Unplugged Club would be a really good venue I think for people to try out some yeah, songs yeah just to practice stuff and get it out there and yeah just, oh. just air it yeah, um, yeah. play it out and we'll see where we go from there so the next stage will with is that is I've, I'll talk to you after this podcast Elliot about the <laughs> about the visual what the album's going to look like yeah uh, we've, I've, I've, we've got a design brief so the album's cool. called Out of the Box it's going to be a compilation album um, and will be released on the week of World Mental Health Day, which is the tenth of October. Where we'll we'll have a we'll have a release party. I know there's going to be some sort of flash mob that is going to be taking place on, on that Saturday of that week. I think the thirteenth, which is going to take place at a secret location Ooh. in town. Secret in town. Can we get all the other ones? Jingle for secret location every time it comes up. And also, you do need some sort of sampler device, really. Yeah. It also coincides. Really. It coincides with the uh, with the Channel Islands Thrive concert yeah. uh, conference as well, which is about well being in Guernsey and trying to make Guernsey a healthier and happier place. So that conference is taking place on the thirteenth of October as well. So we're going to tie all that in. Uh, Mind's theme this year is called Express Yourself, which is about 
encouraging men to talk about um, issues related to them, trying to get male suicide down. Happy subject. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, sure. uh, But also just about being able to just feel more comfortable about talking. Yeah. Things. So we're going to tie all, all that in together. Maybe There's we no can lure you into the, to doing a... Should, surely there should be some sort of celebration of the compilation with a live concert of the compilation. There is going to be a concert, yeah. So we maybe were hoping I to, can help you... Okay. <laughs> Do well, we were hoping to tie that in on of the 13th of October Might with Thrive. Yeah. yeah, this is getting to like gig arranging talk Yeah, which on, we're not going to go into right now. So, so, so you were saying that your hopes for the next five years of the local scene about... Well, well just, yeah, just lots more bands writing original music and mm-hmm. just uh, more interesting stuff coming out of the music scene. There's, you know, there's already a, a ton of awesome stuff happening and it's just, uh, it's just building that more and more and bringing the... Mm-hmm. Like my whole aim for the the going to gig scene is just bringing the uh, music scene closer together as a community, basically. Mm. Like just getting everyone sort of chatting to each other, hosting socials and stuff, and getting people together and making good music and enjoying stuff. The more yeah. people come that together, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that we can get just people talk, that I, that's the toughest thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I've got it with the younger guys. I just need to get them all in a room chatting to each other and yeah, realising exactly. and then we'll see about. more bands evolve more music being produced and, yeah. and, but, but giving a safe and, and supportive environment for musicians writing their own material yeah and Not, that's no. what the Unplugged Club's yeah. for and you getting know, people sure. involved to do and be part of things so I mean one of my biggest frustrations is the Kobo balcony gigs and mm. that you've got they have a massive audience turns up there yeah why the hell don't we have someone on the undercard singing locally written material why yeah, th- does it have to be the preserved so, so they, they, they occasionally they put like Buffalo Hudson and stuff on yeah. occasionally but, but the, the, it used to be the the Cobra Balcony gigs used to be only local music it yeah. used to be I remember my brother's band played my, they, mm. they played in their band called Pagan Sorrows which was a, nice. a black metal <laughs> band <laughs> and they did a Cobra Bay on the Cobra Balcony nice. gig yeah. but I, I'm just thinking you know he's, he's got a contained audience yeah. he's got two bars running yeah, or yeah, yeah. One, you know you've got this audience why if we're trying to reach out if we're saying to get more people coming to gigs if we're saying yeah. to inspire more people to make music we need to reach out so stuff yeah, like the sure. market stuff like the, the festival's already doing it stuff like these higher profile concerts are going with with a with that audience already there mm. what we need to do is persuade them to yeah put I, them I do think the reason that the audience are there is because they know they're going to be listening to songs that they, they know, know. They yeah. know. but yeah. the second half of the set is going to be that Mm. They don't. I mean, the first they could tolerate half an hour. The, the, the only way that people are going to know those songs is by hearing them. Yeah. So getting mm. local bands in front of audiences Guernsey's that haven't heard them, Guernsey's you wouldn't they'll eventually hear them. You wouldn't have any any music to cover if there wasn't any original music, no. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obsession with eighties. I mean, I was there in the eighties. It wasn't that good. <laughs> I mean, really. And, uh, oh, no, I played an eighties band in two thousand and ten. But then again, I was in France, so it probably only just came out. Makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it was fresh on the jukebox. <laughs> Simple Minds had only just made an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of Queen stuff still in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think getting people involved in what's happening, whether it's. Um, sound, whether it's Guernsey gigs, whether it's Vela Fair or Chaos Festival or Sark Summer or Sark Folk Fest, sort of getting involved in that thing. There's there's often a a, a problem where you have a few people that r- do a lot to encourage uh, music and get involved, and after a while, those people have commitments, commitments and things. things that take over, and those things die off, and it has these ups and downs. 
and I've seen it a lot and done things is because those people take on too much and don't communicate or do things with other people and get other people to almost take their place and do things. So if mm. you have that and you open up and you get people to continue and do those things, then it will never die because there's always fresh mm. new blood coming up with new ideas because yeah. there's only... You know, you can try and stay on top of what's happening, but there's some always fresh ideas. Is You've got to strive for that and always keep that going. And the more people get involved and are willing to spend a small amount of their spare time to, to help do that, then the longer it will go on and the bigger and the better it will become. I think um, understanding the limitations, of, you know, when we used to publish a magazine, I edited the first two issues and they were for, for this sports magazine. I edited the first two issues and they were absolutely fucking terrible. But then when I got the people who it's actually... about sports. Yeah, because when the people <laughs> were doing it, that's why it was... The look, of, <laughs> the look of disgust. But it's the same, it's like with sound. I've reached the end of my tenure of, of being programmer for sound. I don't feel that my handle on, the, on what those audience want to hear, I've got it kicked off. So now we've got a, a group of five or six people who are 15, 16 years old, and they are now taking over. And by the end of 2018, I will not book it won't be me booking it it'll be them booking entirely mm, so far we, great, yeah, we, yeah. so far I've been sort of taking a, a poll from all those guys and they tell me roughly who their favourite bands are and who we should do but generally it's fallen to me to organise it but, but with with what my other responsibilities now with the other venue it's time for me to say right okay you guys I don't know what 16 and 15 year old guys want you, mm. you guys have to do this now yeah, yeah. and who knows what direction that will take and it's That's brilliant cool. to get it's them great. involved to be able to do that it's very difficult when you don't know how to book, or we were talking about earlier, people getting in contact that they want to put on an event and they've got the contacts, but they don't know what to do. They can they can contact mm. us, they can contact you, and they can contact Guns and Gigs, and we're all together in this, or Earth Fair, or anyone that they know through that, and just get involved, and we can help make that happen. Yeah. It's very difficult if you don't know what to do yeah. to suddenly put on an event and know what's required yeah. things. And we've done it. We've gone through all that yeah. hard stuff. And once you've done it with that person, then it's easy. And you, mm -hmm. you yeah. find out what you need to do. And, and That's the advantage of a small community like Guernsey is that people do know each other. Mm -hmm. And people are <clears throat> quite sensitive towards helping, I think. People. I mean, yeah, we've yeah. been walking in Maisie and other people into meetings, whether it be with sponsors or with authority or with grants people for the Arts Commission, so that they know that face. They know these people, you know, whether it be her or whether it be her and her, her peers who are going to do this from now on yeah. I mean for sure there's still going to have to be someone over the age of 18 doing one or two ticking some boxes and doing things mm. but, the, but, but if we can empower the next generation coming through to say I really like that music here's how I get it I'm going to stick it on a stage let's see what happens that's how we're getting audiences out yeah, that's how true. we're going to get and it means yeah. that when we're all old and can't do anything else we can still go to live music and we don't have to do any of the we work we sit right at now. the back we can sit at the back and do fuck all I had a wonderful thing <laughs> when the concrete skate park opened me and PJ sat standing there and we remembered the first protest for a skate park in Guernsey mm. that I was at at the sunken gardens and we were in a skate town through town on a Saturday through the crowds unfortunately I didn't I got the cobbled high street but the, um, <laughs> the the rest of them did do it and we we stood there looking at the concrete skate park too broken to ride it and it was like that had taken 30 years 
Yeah. You looked at it and said, oh, this used to be all fields. <laughs> no, we looked at it going, we, we really wanted this to be all concrete, and it yeah. wasn't, and now finally it is, and we're too yeah. bloody old to use it. <laughs> of the three people who were there at the original protest, one did ride it, he injured himself. I had to go, I injured myself, and PJ was too injured to ride it. It was... <laughs> But, you know, with the music, it's the same thing. It would be glorious to sit back in 10, 15 years' time and go and see our children, well, mm-hmm. Graham and my yeah, children, I'm sure yeah. you'll get to that in due course. Um, well, don't speak too soon. I've got, <laughs> I've got things to do. This podcast. Don't give her too many <laughs> ideas. <laughs> and then... Well, what, what a great way to wind things up some ways. Mm. It's about actually handing that on to the next generation coming through. But we've got to hand it off. And that's, and, and that's what sound has been great about doing is 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 producing this sort of like ground, groundswell of interest in live music. And that, but we've got yeah, to be brave enough really to give it to them and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the trick. It's mm. not... To take a risk, it's just yeah. to let go and just go... Keep it fresh. And I liked what you are saying as well earlier about making those connections with, with wider things around the gig scene. So you, you were talking about the, the public transport scene mm. and actually negotiating with the bus company about laying on some transport. Yeah. So that's great. Um, Full package. Good stuff. Cool. Great. Right. So we pack this one up then. Yeah. 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 Are we going to have cheese again? Uh, no, I'm going to go pick up the big pork. Oh, 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 o